Welcome, welcome. Episode number four, Silver and Gold, is on the air. This is episode four, isn't it? I don't know. Bad, bad news that I'm already losing, uh, losing track. But uh, this week, got a couple of uh, uh, redeemed bad guys or something wandering in the desert double feature. Yeah. We got 2006, <laughs> Exiled by Johnny Toe. And uh, 1975's Four of the Apocalypse by one Lucio Fulci. I am the loaf in the Dirty South, and in the Dirty South with me, Dr. Zom. Dirty, dirty, dirty daddy. It's dirty bad streets. Uh, I'm so dirty right now, you know, when you scratch the side of your sack and then you put your fingers up to your nose and... Mm, and you smell, and it, it kind of almost smells like something you want to eat. Smells like onions, that. onion bag. Yeah, like we a are bringing bringing the onion bags this week. Onion bags. All right. Yeah, hairy onion bags. So, um, how you doing, man? Son? This is getting off to a bad start. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Um, I am a little bit stinky right now. Um, the gnats are flying around, driving me fucking crazy, daddy. And um, have a pimple, but I got some cream here. Put it on, you know. It's called the Terminator. I uh, recommend it. It's from uh, Walmart, and uh, that's about <laughs> all I'm going to say about that. Because you know, I thought I thought once you reached a certain age, that you know, like past puberty, you weren't supposed to get like blemishes. Oh no! As they the common vernacular for like the common man. Not like us. They call them zits. Uh, and it's making me very unhappy. But I try and rise above that. Because I try to have a positive mental attitude. I just cover my uh, my face up completely with fur. and um, A mustache. <laughs> mustache. I never shave. I've got fucking lamb chops right now. It's like, like you can hardly see. I just have eyeballs, basically. It's all I'm showing. So. The, uh, have oh, you ever I mean, connected all the lamb chops to the mustache? Uh no um I don't I don't grow good uh, a good connection on the cheeks it gets a little mm. sparse there so I got to uh, keep a little separation although my, my my chops are pretty pretty fluffy right now the uh, mustache is a little too curly so I'm gonna have to give it a good scrub down in the shower and kind of a reset mode so I I can like usually like when I if I grow my beard out which I've done a few times like it almost grows up to my eyes. It's it's one of those, you know, and you know, I don't have like the Arn Anderson deal. I have like the Jesse James when he was out on the trail for like uh, six months running from the law. And I mean, it grows way up there. And I tried to pick up a girl one time when we were having a picnic, uh, like a uh, work related picnic. And some girl went walking by and she was kind of built like Christina Lindbergh. And I, we were playing basketball and I walked over and I was like, hey, how are you? And she looked at me like I was fucking um, a um, 
some kind of pedophile or something. And so that was kind of disheartening because it made me realize that even though I feel like, uh, you know, I see a girl like that, and I feel, you know, young and virile and everything. And when I walk over, she sees not young and virile. She sees old and desperate. You got or the, old, you, and you, cre- old and creepy. You got the gray in your beard? Um, yeah, I'm starting to. Starting to. Starting to. Yeah. Man, I've been, I've been rocking. Let me tell you something. Creep, creep, creep. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. There we go. <laughs> well, you know, you have to let it grow out to see the gray, and I usually go clean. Okay. So, so anyway, um, what, have you, uh, what have you been watching this past week? I watched a lot, so we're going to go through these fast. I always say that, but we got to go through these fast um, <laughs> because I watched a lot. <laughs> you guys keep all track of all the movies you're watching and everything. Well, like I said, if I kept track of all the ones I was watching, uh, I'd fill up a goddamn terabyte. Um, I watched a documentary called Speedo. Uh, it's about a redneck, uh, but I mean, he's actually from like New Jersey. So there's rednecks in New Jersey after watching this movie for fucking sure. Um, he does demolition derbies and it's about him. And um, he's kind of obsessed with uh, demolition derbies. It's almost like he, um, he, we were just talking about maybe doing some movies about people that are the best at what they do, but what they do isn't really something that's like most people would think is important. And this guy likes fixing up these old junk cars and going out and smashing them. And then he kind of goes into like almost like Ric Flair mode and taunts the other drivers and shit. And he's a super duper redneck, even though he's from New Jersey. (laughs) It was all right. It wasn't great. I thought it would be better. Um, uh, The other movie was Tracker with Ray Winstone. Uh, Bryn recommended this and um, it's, it's pretty good. It's not great. Uh, You get to see a lot of um, the, um, the scenery of New Zealand, which is just freaking phenomenally, I mean, it's just beautiful. And I've always wanted to travel there. And after I saw this, I really want to. Uh, Ray Winstone is good. Uh, I come to help you find the man who killed your daughter. Daughter. Uh, daughter. And it's got uh, uh, Django Fett, um, who was also, somebody just told me this week that uh, he was in the movie Barbed Wire with uh, Pamela Anderson, which I haven't seen. It's out of print now, and I haven't seen it in years, but uh, I remember him then. Um, it was it was, our, it was it was not bad. It's pretty good. I got it at Walmart for like 10 bucks. Next one, moving on, uh, $5 Walmart purchase, and I <laughs> threw this one in the cart just for shits and giggles. It's called Damaged, or Damage, because I could not figure out when I wrote it down this morning. Oh, the Steve, Steve Austin movie. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, Shane, the guy who played Shane in the TV show The Shield. Um, this movie, okay, one of the reasons I, I mean, of course I watched it, so I put it down. Uh, but one reason I wanted to bring it up was, okay, first of all, Stone Cold Steve Austin is horrible as an actor. Um, <laughs> he tries to do kind of strong silent type. Mm-hmm. But even when you're doing strong silent type, you still have to act with your eyes and with your, you know, you have to, and he has no charisma and he just stands there like a, like a block, like a piece of uh, not wood, but like just a piece of granite. He's flexed and he's real big and everything, but he has no charisma that shows, which is weird because when he's on TV, he had so much charisma. Is this the, uh, is this the one where that takes place on like the Canadian border? Uh, they're doing like cage fighting. Oh no no no! Okay, I'm thinking of a different one. Uh, I saw another Steve Austin movie recently where he's yeah. like a a border patrol 
guy. Nah, he's he's tra- he just he's a convict, just got out of jail. Okay. And um, the guy that he killed, he killed him like accidentally in a fight, and the guy's wife actually went to the pro board trying to get him out. Nat, I got it, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, the gnat just flying around your your onion bag. Just, that goddamn just bit it. It pressed its fucking luck for the second week, and I got that cock. Um, but the the woman lobbies to get him out of jail, and she does because her daughter needs a, a transplant, and they need money. And she said, "You killed my husband, you motherfucker! Now you go and help me out." So he and and I'll t- I'll tell you what the action the actual action sequences and the fights were pretty good. And the rest of the cast was pretty good. Like I said, I can't remember what the guy's name is. He played Shane in the Shield. Uh, he's a pretty good actor. The girl was kind of hot. She was, you know, she was a bad sort of a love interest deal. But we'll move on because that was five dollar in the five dollar bin, and it should have been. Um, <laughs> I watched Jammed on uh, the recommendation of Rach from Rach on Film, Girls on Film, and um, it was good. It um, was about uh, like. <sighs> I want to say human trafficking, but basically I saw a, a thing about it happening here in the United States, like in Detroit, where these guys would get these uh, Russian girls to come over here uh, and say, you know, to find a job. You know, they'd help them find a job and all this and that and everything. Well, when they get over here, they basically keep them under lock and key and force them into a life of prostitution. It's really – the movie was really good. It's, it's um, uh, you know uh, – Makes you feel really the despair of the of the girls right. and how they're just stuck and how right at first they're defiant but they basically break they rape them you know over and over and just basically break them down. Uh, but it's a good movie. It's a it's an Australian film uh, from Rach. Thanks, Rach. And uh, the next movie is called The Right. Uh, that was Anthony Hopkins. I've, I, uh, I know that cover. Yeah, the cover is really cool on the box. Uh, from, in my opinion, you've seen one exorcism movie, you've seen them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're going to see one, see, you know, Ellen Burstyn and uh, Max von Sydow and Jason, or not Jason Patrick, um, mm-hmm. Jason Miller uh, in The Exorcist. But it was it was all right. It, but like I said, it's just, you know, standard exorcism movie by the books. Although you get to see Anthony Hopkins really ham it up, which is, you know, always pretty funny. Uh, next one. Ooh. Dylan Dog, <laughs> fuck that shit. That movie <laughs> sucked dick. And my friend Tim said it was good. And I'm sorry, Tim, you may be listening right now. Uh, I didn't like it, and I didn't. I didn't think his sidekick was funny. I don't mind the guy that played Superman. I think he has a certain look and everything, and and he's got a good build and everything. So he could play in some better movies. And this movie, I mean, it was just goddamn awful. I I didn't like it at all. But it was followed up by a movie that I really did like and didn't expect to like. And notice that I'm moving along really fast here. Uh, <laughs> it was called Blood Rain, Third Reich. And now you all might laugh. <laughs> this, this is Uwe Boll. <laughs> and I have never seen an Uwe Boll movie, but I have only heard about how bad he was. And you know, and I actually said one at one time that I would like to box him. But um, this movie was pretty good. <laughs> And it was fucking entertaining. Now, Mikey and some of the other guys said, you know, that, and uh, like Sally, I think Frost said that she, you know, saw the first and second one and how they suck. The girl that is the star of this one played um, Typhoid Mary in Electra, mm-hmm. the Marvel movie with Jennifer, whatever her name is, uh, Fish Face, uh, Horse Garner. Face, 
yeah, I don't like her. Even though she's from West Virginia, she might be the nicest person in the world, but I don't think she can act, and I don't think she's pretty. She's kind of like a shemale looking. Anyway, um, <laughs> Blood Rain, Third Reich, uh, the girl who played Typhoid Mary is in it, and she's got some nice cleavage, which is on display from beginning to end. Also, get this. You're going to love this loaf. Starring as the main heel Nazi, Michael fucking Hooray. <laughs> yes. Yes, fucking yes, yes, yes. And he is awesome in it. He is the standards Michael Perret, which isn't really that great, but he's awesome. <laughs> um, Clint Howard almost steals the show because he plays the evil scientist. And everything he talks like this, you need to bring the body in here and we need to experiment. Okay. Got a lot of sword fighting, a lot of shooting, a lot of action, a lot of tit. Hang on one second. <coughs> I have tuberculosis. Um, typhoid. Typhoid. Yes, I wish I had typhoid because let me tell you something. It's got uh, a couple of sex scenes in it, one in particular that goes <laughs> on and on with her and another chick, and it's nice. I liked it. Uh, the Warrior's Way. Okay, now I watched this one, and I kind of knew what to expect. Uh, I liked the concept of it when I saw the trailer, which was, you know, like a samurai kind of ninja thing, which mm -hmm. takes place in the Old West. Um, it's got, you know, it's a lot of CGI and stuff like that, fighting and everything. Um, I was, it was all right. It was entertaining. It had um, Jeffrey uh, Rush. And uh, the, only, the only thing that, I mean, I really, and, and Danny Houston, who I really like. I always like Danny Houston. Uh, John Houston. Son, uh, but not Ange well, Angelica Houston's half brother. Um, anyway, John Houston, um, Kate Bosworth. What the fuck? Eat something! <laughs> God damn it! You you look like shit. Okay, I'm being her dad, but that's I don't care. She looks like shit. You know. Okay. So anyway, Heart Like a Wheel, Bonnie Bedelia, and Bo Bridges, and this was about the uh, old. Um, uh, drag racing chick uh, Shirley Muldowney mm -hmm. and uh, Bill McKinney's in it and he plays Big Daddy Don Garlitz which was one of her big uh, rivalries uh, back then because she was like one of the first chicks to get involved in this kind of racing it was an all guys uh, it was like an old boys club thing right. redneck boys club thing and he always talked shit to her I remember seeing that when I was a kid and you know he would not talk shit to her but he would always like kind of talk down to her like you know really sexist and she would give it right back to him. And she beat his ass all the time, which was fucking great. Mm -hmm. um, you're the ghost in Mr. Chicken with Don Knotts. I watched that. I haven't seen that since I was a small child. And it was on TV. And it's actually pretty funny. Still. I think the only Don Knotts movie I've ever seen is the one where he's a fish. Incredible Mr. Limpet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Disney. Well, that was I, like I, animated. Was that Disney? Uh, probably. Um anyway. This one, he goes and uh, he's like a um, reporter. And, of course, he's trying – he's, you know, Don Knotts. He's like Barney Fife, you know, all shaky and, you know, trying to act cool or tough or whatever. But he's like so scared he's shaking all the time, which was – you know, for him, he's the perfect guy to put in a movie like this because just watching him become unhinged mm -hmm. is pretty funny. And watching him trying to impress a chick is also funny. Watching him trying to eat chicken noodle soup while standing up was funny. <laughs> Um, so this was all right, and and a lot of the characters that you would see, like the uh, the, the the cast of characters around him, 
were were you know kind of like uh, actors and comedians from from back in that day that you would see on TV shows and stuff and and they were but they were all really good you know it's it is what it is but it was still it's it was good I I started watching it and I was like oh my god you know I'm gonna watch fucking Ghost and Mr Chicken but I liked it it's kind of <laughs> nostalgic you know for me uh, the Ghost Breakers with Bob Hope it's another old one I watched. Um, uh, Bob Hope, I like him. He's funny, and he just like snaps off the you know kind of one-liners all the time. So I like Bob Hope, but it was it was all right. It was pretty good. It was a really old one too, and he mm-hmm. was really young. Uh, had some gangster stuff in it, and a little uh, mishap that gets him involved in some shit. Uh, Night listener, Robin Williams. Uh, I don't know. This was on TV, and I just happened to catch it. Never even heard of it. I and but when I was watching it, it remind as the story went along, I was like, I've seen this before. Well, it was based on a true story, and they actually did a um, um, uh, what's it, not law, law and Order Criminal Intent with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. They actually did a show based on the true story too, and it's the exact same thing. Oh, cool. Where um, Robin Williams is a writer, and in this movie, Robin Williams is gay. Um, and, um, he's a, he's a, uh, he has a radio show and, um, he gets contacted by this little boy who's really sick and he's dying and everything. Well, then he starts talking to him on the phone all the time. They develop like a friendship and he talks to the, the little boy, the, the woman that takes care of him and everything. Well, then he goes and tries to seek him out and, um, he finds the, the boy, the, the woman wrote a book, um, about this boy getting, it was on like Oprah or something. She wrote a book uh, uh, about the boy, and the boy supposedly got molested by these ped- uh, this gang of like pedophiles, and his parents were in on it, forced him to be in uh, porno movies, like child pornography, yeah. for I don't know how many years of his life, and then he escaped. Well, then it ends up, you know, as Robin Williams starts investigating it, you know, some things come. He gets in over his head, and but he starts finding out things that aren't what they seem. Uh, Vivas Zapata uh, with Marlon Brando and Anthony Quinn. Uh, good movie. I'm interested in that time, you know, uh, like the Westerns with uh, Robert Mitchum and Yul Brenner, uh, and, um, you know, um, about Pancho Villa and um, Emiliano Zapata. And guess what? This goes back. I like to tie things in, as you know, if you've been listening to the show. I like to tie <laughs> things together, Daddy. And uh, Mia Zapata from the uh, the Gits, that uh, Emiliano Zapata, uh, the revolutionary in Mexico, uh, she was actually related to him. Cool. But we'll move on. A good movie though. It was really good. Brando. It was cool watching Brando when he was that young because yeah, I mean yeah. he was young. And Anthony Quinn was really young in this too. Uh, and, um, I thought it was kind of, as I was watching it, I thought to myself, I wonder if Anthony Quinn kind of had a little bit of, you know, jealousy or a little bit of, of envy because Anthony Quinn, I believe is actually Mexican really, or, or part Mexican. And, uh, and here's Brando playing, you know, this Mexican, you know, hero, uh, you know, legendary hero. Right. And, you know, Quinn's sitting there going, you know, what the fuck dude? Uh, but anyway, it's good. Uh, stagecoach, the 1966 stagecoach. Now, this isn't the one with John Wayne. Uh, this one stars Alex Cord in the John Wayne role. Uh, has Anne Margaret, who is young and fucking hot, daddy. Let me tell you something, baby. Zom like the redhead, and she has some big boobies. And she was very <laughs> young. She had to have been like early 20s, baby. And uh, she was hot. 
Uh, also, Bing Crosby, uh, Mike Connors, uh, who uh, who played Mannix on TV. Uh, it was it was good. I mean, I remember watching this as a kid, and I was a big John Wayne fan, like a lot of kids were back in my time. Um, and then when it came out, I was like, okay, you always compared Alex Cord. You're like, how the fuck? You know, there's no way this guy he doesn't hold a candle to John Wayne. Well, if you if you take that out of the picture and just watch it for what it is, it's it's a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. And um, Alex Cord was not a good actor. Uh, he was from New York, but he he when he was younger, he moved like out west, and he actually became like a rodeo uh, hand, and he was a an expert like horseman. He still, even when he got older, uh, you know, did these rodeos and horse shows and everything. Knows all about horses, and but he's a real, you know, almost like a Gary Cooper kind of looking guy, uh, stoic, uh, kind of quiet guy. Had the had the you know the dimpled chin and you know, well-built and everything tall, but he just couldn't act and he didn't have a lot of charisma, but he was pretty good. Uh, Keenan Wynn, uh, plays the, the old man, like, uh, old man plumber and his right. sons or who Alex Cord is. He got out of prison to go get revenge on. And, uh, uh, Keenan Wynn was fucking great. Cause he was just such a dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, uh, only two more, uh, Wolverine with um, the one guy that uh, everybody says I look like, um, not Hugh Jackman, um, the the blob guy. Um, no, anyway, <laughs> uh, Hugh Jackman, Danny Houston, who, like I said, I like uh, Lieb Schreiber, uh, who I really like a lot. Um, this movie, that's one of those ones I couldn't wait for it to come out, and I think I killed it a little bit because when they when it leaked to the internet. And they had that copy of it without the CGI actually filled in. Mm-hmm. So I knew what was going to happen, but it wasn't very good. Um, I don't know what the hell they were doing with the Deadpool character. Uh, they had, uh, what's his face, uh, the smart alecky guy that's in everything. Oh, um, it Brad- uh, not Bradley Cooper. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. And he would be good for the role, but they kind of, I don't know what they were doing toward the end, and they kind of left it open that maybe it wasn't what it was supposed, what it appeared. But still, it wasn't a very good movie, and they could have done a lot better. Uh, They try and put too much shit into things sometimes, just like they do every superhero movie. Um, And let's see. The last one was called Dreamer, and I don't know why the fuck I watched this. It was on. (laughs) My friends were watching, so I watched it. And I never heard of it. But it was uh, had a great cast: Kurt Russell, Chris Christopherson, Dakota Fanning, and David Morris. But it was kind of a feel-good movie that you could watch with your family. About right. like you know they have all these racehorse movies like uh, whatever the ones that have been out with uh, Tobey Maguire and uh, Seabiscuit, stuff like that. A lot of these movies are good movies, you know, and they're and they're kind of more wholesome movies. Like I said, you could watch it with your with your kids, you know, or you know with your wife or whatever. Your mom and dad, if your mom and dad aren't like my mom and dad, and like to watch Charles Bronson or Tom Jones or something. But anyway, that's all <laughs> I have, and we I ran through that pretty quick. So don't you fucking dilly dally. That that's it. That's it. I can't dilly dally. I, uh, I I did not watch much this week. Um, I uh, I did watch, and I, I think you watched it a couple weeks ago. Moonrunners, um, James Mitchum, and a lot of other people I'd never heard of. The um, as you were saying, I, you did see the you did talk about this on the show, right? Moonrunners. Yeah. Uh, I just mentioned I think that it was on uh, YouTube and and so right, many parts. Right. The um, it was it was good. I mean, it's not a great movie, 
but there's certain parts of it that I love. Um, I'm probably hold back a little bit on saying exactly what I think because we might cover this one on the show in the future. I, yeah, but not I have, to interrupt you, but I did also mention on Gentleman's Guide that James Mitchum, who is the son of Robert Mitchum, had called on our feedback last week and pretended to be Sammy. <laughs> that was him? Oh, I no, that was James Mitchum. I know your voice anywhere, you fucker. Or two weeks ago, two weeks ago. The, um, let's see, uh, I watched, uh, okay, I was on Hammockus this week. Um, Yay, Hammockus. Hey, Hammockus. Look him out. Look, look, look out for him. Uh, iTunes and I don't know his website. Sorry, Bren. Um, I, I watched Dracula AD 1972. Um, you can hear my review on there. It, it, it was, it was solid. Um, lots of nice cleavage in it and, uh, ah. and Christopher Lee looking bored as ever, but, um, it could have been awesome. Uh, they kind of, um, I don't know. They dropped the ball on a few elements that they could have really played off on. Um, I watched. Uh, I, well, my my wife and some friends were going to see the new. Um, I guess it's. I, I guess it's not really new. Looks like it came out last year. But don't be afraid of the dark. It's a remake of a '70s movie. I think Guillermo Guillermo del Toro wrote the screenplay. But um, the uh, it it was interesting. It 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 doesn't have the greatest reviews everywhere, but. Um, it's kind of one of those stories that plays with, um, fairy tales or like those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, kind of a different spin on a common children's fairy tale. You know, you know how they, most fairy tales started as something to scare the shit out of kids. Yeah. This kind of goes back to that kind of origin. So, um, and I mean, I probably would have liked it if I was younger, but you know. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. It was solid. I enjoyed myself. Um, I saw in my uh, ongoing Michael Pere education. Yes. I watched Eddie and the Cruisers. Very, very good soundtrack. Good movie. Um, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. I, I was watch. I was singing uh, on the dark Honestly. side. Fucking uh, three days after I <laughs> watched this damn thing. Would you care to give a rendition of no, that no, right no, now no. on the air? Not gonna happen. Uh, Dude, I did well, it. I'll start you out. Dog sides calling out, nothing is real. Now you do your part. Ready? Cree, cree, cree. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> um, the um, and, and, and dumbass me. I, I for some reason I thought that was fucking uh, Bruce Springsteen the whole time. I, I had I had no idea who sang that song, and I was like, Tom is that Cafferty a and the Beaver Brown Band? Yeah. That's why I've Beaver. never heard of Beaver, Beaver Brown Band. Dom likes the Beaver Red Band. The, well, um, I'm, I'm down with the Brown too. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Eddie and the Cruisers um, again. One might appear later on. So yeah, the uh, and then continuing, I guess a Tom Berenger education. Um, I watched uh, Fear City. It's an Abel Ferrer movie from '84. <laughs> uh, pretty sleazy fucking movie, and uh, I think Abel Ferrer's. You know, must have just made his. That was Melanie Griffith. God, I knew she looked familiar. <laughs> dude, was she not? She she was. Yeah. Nice. I mean, she had a nice body. Yeah. Now so she's pretty lip fucking. God, like that chick from Brazil that had all the plastic surgery. Blah. Pretty much any chick that appears in this movie is going to be uh, naked half the movie. And raped, and, or not yeah. raped, just brutalized. Just brutalized, I mean, yeah. 
kind of giallo like su- surprisingly rape free movie i was uh that that was the down i mean that was one of the things that was kind of like lacking <laughs> lacks rape um so yeah the you know everybody's kind of a dirtbag in this movie and billy d williams quite the uh this is on the heels of uh return of the jedi where he's like the hero and now he's just fucking he's he's just racist as anybody else in the movie and yeah uh, it was pretty funny and and on uh the silver and gold podcast we specialize we just we just were thinking a little while ago that just about every movie that we have reviewed has like racism like uh you know really racist uh comments and stuff we like the titties and we like the racists apparently so rape and racism and cleavage um so yeah actually that is it for me um dude i watched 18 movies including the two that we were reviewing and you watched like five five Five. movies yeah um (sighs) i I started a um uh one called uh blood hands Mm -hmm. it's from um oh what's that guy's name sean uh sean donahue sean donahue um my problem i've seen two great sean donahue movies now that oh. this and um, uh, parole violators, and both fucking copies I've come across have the worst sound issues. Hmm. With with um, with parole violators, the fucking by the end of the movie, the sound is like a, like three seconds off, and it I I could hardly watch it. Yeah. And then in this one, for some reason, the uh, the voice track was like at volume three, and the punch kick and music <sighs> soundtrack was at volume eleven. I hate so, that. Whenever there was music playing, I couldn't fucking understand what people were saying. Oh, yeah. it drove me nuts. So I didn't even finish it because of that. I've got to find. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna have to break down honestly and go to um, Sean Donahue's dad's website. Mm-hmm. I can't, can't remember his name. Um, Phil. Phil. Yes, Phil Donahue. And the um, <laughs> they he actually sells VHS tapes of all of these movies that him and his son were in. <laughs> so I just have to like break down and buy those. So. You'll have to excuse me. I have like a cartoon character that that lives with me, and he's like, <laughs> "What the fuck, a Mutley?" Yes, that Will Will always does that laugh on Gentleman's uh, Guide in my, in comments when he does. So you should hear me having sex. <laughs> I sound like fucking uh, Goebbels from uh, the the goddamn Inglorious <laughs> Bastards. Yes, it. Yes, fucker. All right, so um, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and let's do, let's cover four of the apocalypse first. How about that? All righty. Cool. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Scott of Married with Clickers. Tune in to hear my wife Kat and me discuss all sorts of movies. We'll cover everything from The Lost Weekend to Weekend at Bernie's, from The Big Sleep to Big Mama's House. Well, maybe not Big Mama's House. And the great thing about Kat is that she's not afraid to speak her mind. And would you be surprised to hear he was nominated for Best Actor that year? For that film? For that film. (laughs) (laughs) But don't take my word for it. Just listen to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema has to say about our show. It's a husband and wife show, and they discuss movies and stuff. Yeah, a very wife-husband show. High praise indeed. So come find us at marriedwithclickers.libsyn.com. It will save your life. Or maybe just help you kill an hour.
Back from break, little clash for your ear holes there. All right, first film this week we're covering Lucio Fulci's For the Apocalypse. Um, should I try to say the Italian name? Il Quattro del Apocalisse. 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 I twisted my handlebar mustache when I said that. Just ah, so you know. yes, yes. So um, I had seen this one before, but this is actually Zom's choice. So I'll give you a little uh, background here. Um, I actually will let Zom introduce it. Sorry, my mistake. And um, I will go into it after that. So, Four petty criminals, three men and a woman, wander through the trackless terrain of the Wild West Utah and are hounded by a sadistic bandit. What a... What a sadistic bandit he is. Fucking A. So, um, those And that's you... our review for this week of Four of the <laughs> Fucking A. Fucking A. Bandit. The, uh, those of you familiar with Fulci will recognize some, some things in this film. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it right off. This is n- not my favorite film by any stretch. Um, I actually thought it was kind of boring, but. Um, <laughs> the uh, you'll recognize you'll definitely recognize some things off, and it's got some amazing elements. I'll give it that. The Lou, Lou, No, they're saying Boo Earns. Um, so the uh, right off the bat, you'll notice the color and like I guess the maybe the film stock that Fulci uses is very very apparent. It's it has kind of everybody kind of has this hazy look to them almost. Um, which you, you, he has in a lot of his films. I think um, that was because they were high. That too. The peyote will make everything look a little hazy. Mm-hmm. Um, just his color palette and stuff is is pretty familiar. Um, I don't think Fulci did a ton of westerns. Maybe you know just a handful. Um, I guess it should be said the people in this film, um, Fabio Testi, who I might I mainly know from Eurocrime films. Um, he's a uh, He's a looker, that guy. Um, he um, the, he's he's cast well as this because the character that he plays, Stubby Preston, definitely needs to be pretty. Um, kind of works into his his uh, shtick there. Uh, Lynn Frederick, who was kind of annoying but hot, played Bunny. Um, Most women that are hot are annoying. Well, no, okay, I'm sorry. I, 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 I did not just say that. No, let me, I, I just want to clarify because I love all of our female listeners. And if I haven't dated you, then you're probably hot and not annoying. But if I have dated you, more than likely you are fucking annoying, a psycho, a hoe, and... We'll just stop right there because I'm digging that fucking hole, baby. I'm just digging. I'm down in deep because my daddy was a ditch-digging plumber. I'm the son of a plumber, and I'm digging a hole, baby. I'll never get laid again. There you go. (laughs) So, yeah, um, 
Dig it. Dig it, daddy. Dig it. Dig um, the hole. Uh, yeah, so uh, we got uh, another of the four wandering souls. Uh, we have uh, Michael J. Pollard playing Clem. He, uh, who I don't recognize from anything else besides the weird scientist guy from Tango and Cash. Bonnie and Clyde. And uh, what? Bonnie and Clyde. Guess what? Never seen it. Jesus Christ. I'm going to come down there and I'm going to strangle you with your fucking mustache. <laughs> um, yeah, never seen it. The, All right, well, um, go ahead. And uh, then uh, Harry Baird, who I don't recognize either, playing Bud, the crazy cemetery dude. Um, so, yeah, uh, some other Fulci things you'll recognize. Uh, crusty Lips, we get a lot of those in the movie. And the... Um, um, the gore, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if you watched the... Um, she was pregnant, dude. What? Oh, right. The Crusty lips, give me a break. <laughs> the, it's the desert. The, um, well, it's the Fulci crusty lips. It looks like yeah. clay on their lips. Um, the um, Totally just lost what I was going to say. Thank you very much. I wonder why. Uh, oh, fuck. Crusty lips. Anyway, the um, Tomas Milian is the fifth guy that kind of comes in he plays Chaco and I gotta say Tom, Tomas Milian who I guess it's not surprising is the fucking highlight of this movie oh my fucking god what a cocksucker wow he is uh, he is harsh and the, if, <sighs> if um, he belongs in a different movie in my opinion he belongs in a goddamn different fucking world his character did <laughs> this, Jesus Christ th- this you could make a movie about this bastard guy. Um, mm. He it, it's it's interesting the what's pulled off on his character the the religious iconography in the movie and he's okay. apparently the well obviously the I guess the Satan figure because he comes on the scene. Um, I guess the basic story these guys uh, there's this town that's just totally fucked over and uh, these four people that are in the prison of the town are just asked to leave. Basically they're given a, an old rickety cart and a couple horses and they're put out in the desert. So these, uh, have, you know, stubby Preston is Fabio Testi's character. He's very, you know, handsome. He's kind of a, he's a gambler a and a kind of a swindler. And, um, then there's the prostitute, uh, Lynn, Lynn Frederick's character and then the drunkard Clem. And then, like I said, the cemetery guy, and I don't know what the deal was with him while he was in prison. They said something about murdering or raping or something, but, I don't. I can't remember exactly why he would have been in prison, but all four of them, for whatever reason, are asked to leave. And um, in wandering the desert, which is another biblical thing, the um, you know they come across Chaco, and at first Chaco's awesome. Um, he's just um, first of all, he looks badass. My wife made fun of his braid, but you know whatever. I liked it. The, <laughs> the braid <laughs> coming out from under his headband. Um, he's a fucking snapshot, like most awesome people in the West are. Um, he even has the ability to uh, make uh, flocks of ducks appear in the middle of the desert. Because, um, <laughs> you know, ducks are, they're naturally drawn to the desert. They love dust. No matter no matter how they try to fool you with getting in the fucking water, those animals love dust. There's no doubt in my mind. Desert um, ducks. The, uh, yeah, so if, if, if you have any problem with uh, slight animal cruelty, which, uh, again, Fulci is probably known for, um, they're obviously shooting the birds in this movie. Or uh, if you if you were an animal and you weren't a fucking horse in this movie, you <laughs> you got shot on I, sight. That was something else I noticed. the the the, main, the trick usually when a horse falls, mm-hmm. the horse tumbles over 
head first and rolls over and the right. and the guy riding I don't know if they got like they saved some money by getting like a budget horse trainer but the horses in this movie just kind of would if they ever fell they would stop and like fall to the side it was really it was really funny I noticed that a few times they were on peyote, peyote too god fucking high ass horses you can't trust them mm-hmm. so um yeah so Chaco um shoots, shoots ducks out of the air he he draws these like crude crucifixes under his eyeballs um um so anyway he just ends up being a complete bastard his his character turn kind of comes out of nowhere um i mean granted they did trust him and that he is supposed to be like the satan figure but there's no hint at all i mean that (laughs) he's gonna do this just all of a sudden he's like you know what fuck you guys um the yeah um, don't you think it was pretty much just playing he was just getting in their good graces just so he could you know get them yeah, I mean, I guess maybe he just enjoys he luring him getting them because he. Yes. It's not like they had shit to steal or whatever. I guess he just likes to do it. He's just a it's bastard. A cocksucker. I, He's a saint or a sadist. I love his intro when he walks in and. Um, He's holding his rifle like a big fucking just erect cock, just putting yes. it in everybody's face. <laughs> right up to Fabio Testi's mouth. <laughs> He's just walking around with it, like holding the rifle at his crotch, just at yeah. full full mast, just like the, rubbing the it right onto everybody's faces. And the butt was at his cock, yeah. and the barrel was like sticking out like a giant dick. And I swear to God, there were several times where I thought he either that he was going to fuck wanted to fuck or was going to fuck Fabio Testi. <laughs> that happened off camera. The um Fulci filmed that too. That that's in the that's in the uh special features. Um I don't know if you had the uncut version of the of the film. Um this is the uh, the I think it's a blue blue underground DVD that I have the um some of the scenes apparently were cut out when this film came to America, and there's there, it's interesting they've been put back in and they aren't dubbed; they just subtitled them. Um, there's a scene with some somebody getting skinned and uh, some I saw things that. like that. Okay, okay, so that's what you pretty, have. Pretty damn. This movie had some pretty damn gruesome um, like wounds and shit like that. Yeah. Like I mean, really close up. I mean, there was nothing left to the imagination. And, the, and it's a that's a, a Fulci trademark. Have you seen much of Fulci's stuff or? I don't well I mean I'd have to look at the filmography but um I don't know if I've seen any of Fulci stuff okay. maybe um, some euro crime but I off the top of my head I don't I don't know the names I, I honestly don't even think he did any euro crime he he became the kind of the gore guy by the 80s uh, he did zombie and he did uh, house by the cemetery and stuff yeah. like that um he did some giallo and stuff work work in the you know in the early 70s and I guess he did just a couple spaghetti westerns but if if you see some of his gory movies you'll recognize those special effects he might have had the same special effects guy for all i know like the the fake skin and the blood was always the same yeah. and the, yeah. the 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 crusty lips but um never i've never been a big uh like gore for gore sake fangoria magazine kind of guy i just yeah, like yeah. Bleh, bleh. that was that was me when i was younger but i did not see any fulci films as when i was younger i didn't see those until i was older but i don't recognize anything under his filmography so mm, we'll have to maybe cover a little bit so no <laughs> uh you probably like zombie do you like zombie movies uh with mila jovovich oh, not her. i'm not i'm not to her i'm just no i'm um i like some zombie movies i like i like uh like um uh, George the watch out Night of the Living Dead. Sure, sure. Uh, and I like some of the fast zombie running movies that came out here. You know, 
recent, or you know, in the past few years. Uh, but you know, you might we, be even less of a horror guy than me. I like raw, raw, I like the white zombie. I like <laughs> yeah. the bass player. She was hot. More <laughs> human than human. The uh, I thought you were totally talking about the white zombie movie with uh, Boris Karloff. Was that yeah, Boris Karloff? The um, the um, some uh, uh, I like uh, Hollard's character in the movie. Um, the another example of uh, Chaco being a bastard is just making Pollard bark like a dog while he's like pouring, spitting alcohol in his mouth. Oh yeah, um, uh, you want some? Because Michael J. Pollard was a like a degenerate alcoholic, so I mean he he just uh, like would do anything for whiskey. And he was like, you want some of this? You want some? He goes, oh, yeah, just, you can give it to me. Just give it to me. Give it to me. Uh, you can even spit it in my face. And he goes, how about I spit it in your mouth? And I swear to God, I thought he was going to drink it and piss in his mouth. But I've been watching too much, like, fucking, uh, uh, like a really weird porno. But he did. He's, like, spitting in his mouth, and he's lapping it up. But Michael J. Pollard, um, you know how he was in this movie, kind of like, a little P- bit Charles Manson, except just goofy as shit. Pathetic, Every movie yeah, he's yeah. in, he plays the same part. I mean, it's he, he kind of like if Charles Manson had sex with an elf. <laughs> or then, no, uh, a gnome, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my, but that's, you know, how he is in just about everything. But yeah, that, that I don't want anybody. Like if we went to Horror Hound, and I don't care how drunk everybody got or anything, I don't want to like to have anybody spit liquor in my mouth or out their butthole into my mouth or out their cock. Can, can someone blow alcohol up your butthole? Yeah. Okay. Just well, it depends on, you know, yeah, yeah. We got to set limits now so everybody knows I, what to expect. What I'm saying is I'm, not, I'm a pitcher. I'm not a catcher. <laughs> so you want to do the spitting. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'll degrade anybody. I'm like chuckle. <laughs> So um, when we get there, I'm gonna come in with crucifixes under my eyes <laughs> and fucking give, get, like give everybody like some kind of hallucinogen, and then I'm gonna freaking do stuff to everybody. So yeah, uh, you'll uh, have a have a rifle cock uh, crosses under your eyes. And I have the, a rifle cock, and the the uh, you'll have a a big headband with a one braid coming out. Yes, and man, <laughs> let me tell you something. Let's 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 uh, we're 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 you know one thing that. I almost said Sodom and gold. (laughs) (laughs) Sodom and gold. gold. Welcome to Sodom and gold. Silva and gold. Like I said, we have things that run through every show, which is um, like uh, uh, racist comments and stuff like that. And one of them is people that look like they stink. And I'm telling (laughs) Michael J. Pollard looked like he stunk like shit. And goddamn Chaco, I'm telling you what, that fucker smelled like an old goat. Uh, <laughs> His beard probably smelled like an old goat's crotch. Uh, he had rotten onion bag. Oh, there were some dirty... Be- now, was he chewing tobacco or was he chewing pe- peyote the whole time? Because he had something in his mouth he was chewing. I thought it was tobacco at first, but then I thought as psycho as he was, he might have just chewed peyote all the time, and then he was just like out there, you know? Could have been. They didn't go into that. He definitely like pulled something out of out of his hand a few times to mm-hmm. you know chew on so um so yeah i mean him and um i guess testy's character those are the two i guess most interesting parts of the story um testy's not so much for me but the you know the chaco character being the um i don't know the word i'm looking for kind of the the opposite of what testy would become yeah um, yeah uh stubby is you know he's a kind of slick bastard and 
And it's kind of a, it's almost like it's, I guess, the story of his redemption. Right. His, well, and, that, and another thing, as, as we, you know, we're talking about that, here's, you know, Fabio Testi is, um, now, this was based on a book. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I imagine the, imagining maybe that the guy who wrote the book wasn't thinking of somebody like really, you know, Hollywood handsome or whatever, because the guy's nickname was Stubby. Yeah. Okay. And he wasn't short and he wasn't fat. So I'm thinking that, you know, I go back to one of the other shows we did about, you know, like, uh, what was the guy? Uh, was there somebody named Shorty? Or I can't remember what it was, but it, 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 no, big, uh, big Bill Shelley, David Carradine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Carradine, not, not <laughs> real tall. And he wasn't like real muscular or anything like that. So we figured, you know, Carradine probably had a, a big uh, sponce uh, hanging between his legs. Well, here's Stubby. Testy is hung. Stubby is hung like a tuna can. Yeah, he might be. Not, yeah, yeah, that's true. He may have been thick. He may have had some girth. But if his nickname's Stubby, something's not going on there that's like real, you know, brr, I don't know. So the, but And his name being, I will say this, he is my favorite Fabio. Favorite Fabio, hands down. Fucking a. Um, how would a spaghetti western with with the Fabio in it be? It might not be bad. Fucking him and uh, uh, Mike Piazza being friends, they should do a buddy uh, a buddy spaghetti western. <laughs> Can you imagine Milian like pissing into <laughs> Fabio's mouth? This is just degenerating. Let's move on. I, I mean, just, I don't know where I'm getting on. There, there's just too much stuff on the internet to, you know, that shouldn't even be in your head. <laughs> it keeps creeping up. It does, and and we're now putting it in everybody's head. So, oh, so sorry, mom. Sorry, sorry, grandma. Um, the um, <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I say that for this, like I was saying earlier, if Chaco's not on the screen, I'm I was bored in this movie. Um, Outside of the intro, the the part I, I really like the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. I love the parts with Chaco, but goddamn, when they were just kind of doing their thing, I was. Uh, and this is the second time I've seen this movie. Right. I think I liked it less this time than the first time, and it's because of those parts. Hmm. Um, there's an interesting part of the cemetery that was pretty good. I won't go into it, but I, I don't know if it's a. Spoiler or what? I mean, it's not really a cemetery. It's a kind of a town that has a cemetery. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a neat part, but you know. Well, I was like in the one part. I was like, okay, when the one character came in, and I was like, okay, wait a minute. Are they going where I think they're going with this? And they did, which kind of what you were saying with um, Fulci and his other movies, maybe. Mm-hmm. Which you know? character? Um, well, I was, I will say this. Okay. The, the, the one character's name was Bud. Uh huh. Okay. But, but the way Testy said it, I swear to God, until I looked it up from the very beginning, I thought he was calling him, Butt. <laughs> he would say, come on over here, Butt. you know, but, and he was saying Bud. So I thought his name was Butt. And then when we got to this one scene, I was like, okay, maybe his name is Butt. Butt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to go any further on that, but you know what? It, you know, and 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 I I could like um, he that that character, but I caught even my my notes after a while. I just kept putting but, but was kind of like the Aussie Davis of of this movie, um, and he was a little bit 
a little bit out there. And um, he offered up the, um, the um, let's see, how can I put this? Um, the What were we talking about? The movie Black Snake? Yes. We saw some Black Snake. <laughs> it, was, because it was a little stubby. He got fucking naked, <laughs> and he walked around naked. It was a little stubby. He didn't give a shit. Um, so yeah, you know that's that's about that all my notes. That was fucking cold rain, dude. Let me. <laughs> it was. It was probably very cold rain. Probably fake rain. There was probably somebody was just dumping on him from above, yeah. dumping Dump. on him from above, pissing in the mouth on butt. Um, let's. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can. I, I know you like this more than me. So uh, let, let oh, me hear okay. what you thought about it. Okay. Well, um, just some of the notes. Um, the town they went into at the beginning, you know, they say like right off, you know, okay, they, and, and like old West towns, you know, most of the towns, even like Wyatt or, you know, if you watched uh, Tombstone or any of these movies, mm-hmm. I mean, he was a lawman, but, you know, they had like legalized prostitution and gambling and everything. And most of these towns were cow towns or whatever. And the the um, cowboys would come in with their pay and they'd get drunker and shit. They'd screw these prostitutes and they'd lose all their money at the casinos or whatever. And uh, but I guess they had decided they wanted to kind of clean up this town, which was you know bad luck for these guys. But um, while the town folk, and one thing that's always creepy is when they just put like a flower sack over their head and with the eyes cut out. That always looks really creepy to me, like almost like a horror movie kind of a thing. You I know? like I like when they do that, and then they take the time to actually put a hat back on over the. They put a thing. hat on top, yeah, because <laughs> um, it's like Dark Knight of the Scarecrow or something. Um, but they're in the jail, jail cell, and all hell's breaking loose. And here's the sheriff, and he's just sitting there. And all Old West food just looks like gruel, <laughs> you know, just like I, like you said, Terrence Hill, like a big plate of fucking just beans, you know, slop. And he's sitting there eating and not paying attention. And I wrote down, you know, there's a gun battle going on, and the sheriff is like honey badger. <laughs> honey, ba- honey badger don't give a shit. He, he just was, didn't. He was he eating his shit. gruel. He was just eating his gruel and like. Uh, well, yeah. Um, the the music um, was I ex- I expect this in spaghetti westerns bec- because for some reason you know whether it's my name is nobody or whatever they always have la 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 <laughs> and it totally does not fit the movie but if it, it it's so out so strange and weird that it actually kind of does fit but a lot of the songs were like okay if the guys if um, Fabio Testi's character's name Stubby. You know, they'd have a they they'd start playing the music and they'd be like, Stubby went to town and Stubby did this, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! You know, they're just <laughs> it, it was it was pretty bad. It, it, it sounded like kind of like Bobby Sherman and the Birds or Peter Paul and Mary or something singing, moving on. You know, and it was bad. Um, <laughs> Like I said, Michael uh, J. Pollard, um, you know he he you know you're a bad drunk when you're drinking like brute aftershave, toilet That's, water, toilet uh, toilet water. Um, let's see here. I like that. There was a couple like there was one camera shot that you know, and I'm not big on like you know oh this camera shot and that camera shot, but you could tell. I mean, this was really con- the you know, and like I said, I, I've heard Lucio Fulci, but I, a lot his name. But I don't obviously. This is the only probably movie I've ever seen of his. But you know, it was done really well. It wasn't like some spaghetti westerns, other than uh, Sergio Leone and a couple other ones. There are some of them that are really shitty, and you can tell that the 
the directors are pretty bad. Right. This, I mean, he obviously knew what he was doing. Well, yeah, and um, this is this is getting late. Well, I mean, I guess this is middle of the road. Yeah, Fulci, as far as his career goes, yeah. I mean, he he'd been doing stuff, I guess, since the fifties. But yeah, um, this um, he just wasn't known for this genre. But he pulled definitely some of the like you know the horror and other yeah. kind of like camera setups and stuff that he liked to that he was already familiar with, and oh I forgot he did uh, he I forgot he did the t- uh, um, the one with Fred Williamson uh, New Gladiators. I never saw that. You might like that one. It's, really, it's really bad. Um, anyway, it's a it's a post apocalyptic movie, and it's kind of like a Running Man. Yeah. Well, I I, I like when you were saying like you know the parts with uh, Milian, uh, with Chuckle, mm-hmm. um, that you know that yeah those were the the you know really exciting parts and the parts where you were like oh shit, but I thought that the other parts even though they were slower, I mean. It, they it really developed the group the each character and it developed the group because it's it's like they started out i mean Milion right at first i mean he was just like to the girl you know fucking she's just a whore blah blah and he would just talk shit right to her face but then after they started going through this a lot of this stuff and you know they were together they actually kind of came together and a lot of the, the the baggage that they had from just being cynical from the way they were, being a gambler, being mm-hmm. a drunk, being, you know, uh, a, a prostitute and everything. It's almost like um, when they were set free to roam the desert, like you said, I, there was a lot of biblical stuff in this. And I'm not a religious person. And, and you know, I could see, you know, a lot of the stuff. And even though I'm not a religious person, I, I liked how they related a lot of the stuff but i it was almost like that they were that a lot of their bullshit was getting washed away and they were becoming human beings and treating each other like human beings okay. and like uh, growing like a you know actual caring they they actually became almost like a little family and then here comes this cocksucker uh, <laughs> and i knew right off the bat of course you know because as soon as i saw him show up uh, first of all, he looked like uh, if you ever seen the show, the the miniseries Lonesome Dove. Uh, first thing when he wanders up, I thought he looks like Frederick Forrest playing Blue Duck. You know, he was this like almost like this comanchero. You know, he I knew he was bad from the word go, and I didn't give a shit when he and and like I said, okay, when I was watching it. They're they're riding along and he's telling you you know yeah I, I, let me go with you I'm I'm a good hunter I can get you know get food for you okay that's great but when the guy starts shooting everything he sees and they're like oh yeah 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 <laughs> one thing I thought was this motherfucker must have uh 300 pounds of ammunition underneath that <laughs> cloak because you know he shot so many times how could you have that many bullets and not yeah. run out underneath the cloak that also has the flock of ducks. Yeah, the, a flock of ducks, and he wasn't even just shooting ducks because I thought at first I thought he was shooting ducks. He was shooting rabbits. He was shooting doves. Anything. <laughs> I mean, anything that moved. So you kind of knew. You're like, okay, wait a minute. This guy's a little bit out there, you know. Um, yeah, he's he. Uh, even when he stuck the uh, the gun barrel up to um, uh, Fabio's Stubby's mouth, uh, right after that, he said. Uh, You'll get a piece of meat every day. That's when he was talking about what a what a good shot he was, and you know he's got this gun up to his mouth like a cock. Uh, 
there was a couple of shots, and this was, I know it's just me, but uh, just a couple of scenes where Testy, the way they shot him and he was talking, he looked like Keith Carradine uh, from like Southern Comfort or something. Mm-hmm. And um, and then a lot of the times I thought he kind of looked like a cross between that and a young Anthony Quinn. Um, Chaco can shoot. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, I did say at first that I thought Chaco looked like a dusty Jesus, uh, who, <laughs> but, but a Jesus that's a killer and chews tobacco. But I think he was kind of more like an antichrist kind of a yeah, you know, yeah. guy, which was, you know, like you said, it's pretty obvious it's in your face. Um Let's see. Oh, da, 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 da. Yeah, the peyote thing was. Uh, yeah, you could tell, like you know, the seventies kind of like. Uh, I think when we were talking about um, the Dennis Hopper movie, the last, the last movie. Uh, you know, here's Milian and Dennis Hopper in this movie, and all <laughs> these guys going down and getting high and everything. So some of these westerns that are kind of it, it's. I don't know if I would say it was a counterculture kind of a western but when they started bringing in like some drugs yeah. and stuff like that it always kind of makes me that uh, instead of like in most westerns burt lancaster's getting drunk or kirk douglas is getting drunk but very rarely were they pulling out a big fat doobie and you know fucking <laughs> smoking it or something like that um uh, there was a scene where um uh chaco uh, I expected him to stand up and turn around and have a milk mustache. Um, I don't know if you you know what scene I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Where he was helping himself. Um, okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, like I said, I, I like, I think that not only were they becoming kind of more human and becoming more of a family, uh, and then when Chaco did what he did and, you know, kind of went on his, you know, real sadistic shit, mm-hmm. it even kind of um, brought them even closer. It, 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 it affected all of them, of course, big time, you mm-hmm. know, because him brutalizing them and everything. But um, it still it showed like the, the caring. It, it, it drew him even closer. It drew um, um, Stubby to Bunny. You know, you could see yeah. that he was. You know, whereas before, I mean, I think if he went into a town and he saw somebody smack around a whore or something like that, you know, he'd be like, ah, she's a whore or whatever. But, you know, he 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 started seeing her because he got to know her. And the same way with Pollard. I mean, he could have went along with Chaco. Chaco said, hey, you know, come on with me, motherfucker. You know, yeah. and and he was even like, you know, OK, this is bullshit, dude. You know, and he even liked her. And um the, the, and like I said, like there was a there was a, a kind of a aftermath of a massacre, and they came upon that, and that was another thing. It was almost like they were, I thought of it like they were going through their trials, yeah, of, yeah. you know, the trials in the desert. Like God was, you know, putting them through all this stuff, and so that they could come out the other side. And He was putting all this stuff in their path. And of course, you know, Chaco was like, you know. Jesus goes out in the desert and hears the devil saying, you know, here, I'll give you some food. I'll give you this. And he's like, you know, man cannot live on bread and water alone, blah, 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 blah. See, even though I'm not religious, I know all this shit. Um, <laughs> stuff. I mean, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, so they actually, you know, even though they were petty criminals, they came in, into the face of basically pure evil. And uh, they came out the other side uh some of, I mean, and and the thing is, um, 
this movie isn't like, you know, where all pretty and everything's wrapped up and everything, you know, I, I like that it, it was, you know, mean and dirty and brutal because that's the way it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you that there, there's a scene toward the end. Uh, of course, like I said, bunny's pregnant and, uh, there's a scene toward the end in the, in the town that's basically just full of, of men. They're like workers. And, uh, I, th- I really like that scene because they could have done it where they went into this town and all these guys are assholes and just continued their, you know, abuse or whatever. But um, I'm a big, like, I mean, I know people probably don't think this because, you know, the way some of my, uh, uh, how verbose I am about certain things and bullshitting and stuff like that. But there's certain things that just really touch my heart. Mm-hmm. And and the part about, you know, and I, this isn't a spoiler because like I said, she's pregnant, but the part about the baby yeah. and how everybody reacted it reminded me of um, uh, Children of Men with Clive yeah. Owen. Okay. I, yeah, uh, I can see that. With a scene where she has the baby and everything just stops. And everybody, eating, you know, all these guys are these tough, hard as nails. Like, I don't know if they were miners or cowboys or whatever, but they just, it, 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 every, that little baby just coming in, you know, just changed everybody. And, every, and it did. Everybody, you could just tell everybody was so touched by everything that was going on. And, um, at that point, I was almost, and I knew it had to come to its inevitable conclusion. But at that point, I was like, you know, if it ended right here, I wouldn't even care if Chaco reemerged. Okay. You know, because I thought, you know, they could really end this, you know, he could have just been something in the path. And then it ended up with, uh, you know, the, the baby and all the snap. But, you know, I'm glad that they did because he was a cocksucker. Um, there was one dude in the town, and I swear to God, so I was like, is that fucking Robin Williams? I know it's not Robin Williams, but it looks like Robin Williams. He looked a little and, different uh, then. Yeah, and um, there was uh, one guy in the movie, and I actually went back through the filmography and did a, a, a Google search, like an image search of each person, you know, spe- the, the ones that, not Michael J. Pollard or Fabio Testi or any of those guys, but the other ones, and there's a blonde haired guy in the town and he has like really curly. Oh yeah. 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 The curly headed guy. Yeah. And he had a shitload of lines there toward the end and he's not listed in the cast. Huh. And I, I looked up everybody and, and there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of people in the town. And so they didn't, they didn't list all of them because the cast list is, is fairly short. I wonder if it's in the credits after the film. No, because I even stopped. I went back and looked, and mostly because they showed most of the of the cast at the beginning of the credits when the film started. Right. But at the end, all they showed was like uh, the music, the producer, director, music, and stuff like that. Uh, And I looked and looked and looked because I thought, man, this guy. And I and I'm pretty sure he was uh, an American actor because first of all, it didn't look like he was dubbed, and he definitely had a the uh, like Western Southern kind of accent. And so I was trying to figure out who that was. Um, I liked the whole story of the, of just redemption. Yeah. And I thought that even though like, I I don't think testy is like a great actor. Well, I'm not saying like he's way better than like, like I mentioned, Alex cord, right. uh, Who was a block of wood or stone cold, Steve (laughs) Austin. Yeah. Like that. But um, 
I don't think he's a great actor. I thought, you know, like Melian was heads and tails above everybody in the movie because he's so fucking charismatic. Yeah. But um, the the just the, the redemption story and how I I I really liked um, I. I don't know how to say it, but I thought it was just a really emotional movie, and I'm not even talking about any part that was with Chaco. Okay. Just the interaction between uh, the four, especially Stubby and the girl, mm-hmm. uh, and then when they got to the town and the way that the townspeople, the, the guys in the town reacted and treated them, it really, I mean, like I said, I'm just turning into a big puss in my old age, but I was like, I mean, it really almost choked me up so i'm a big puss and you all know that now but that's you know pussy don't say it to my face motherfucker <laughs> i'm all man okay below well. the waist anyway but I'll, i will say this <coughs> loaf um didn't like it or you know he kind of it, it's it, it's it's an average overall for me i uh, loved but, it because of the parts that i really like it makes it average and i guess we can go ahead and go into the score stuff yeah, the okay. um there wasn't maybe I'm biased against spaghetti westerns but there wasn't enough of the sweat and guns for me mm-hmm. um it and I and I'm not opposed to a slower film but for me like that that character development took too long and it's like there's a the turning point when they're kind of like left for dead at the, I looked at the time and I was like, I can't believe this movie isn't fucking half over yet. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was like, man, the part that I know that is boring is fucking gonna last forever, and that that was <laughs> that was instantly what I thought. Um, I, I, you know, there are elements of it that I like, but I mean, just for me, I don't know. I just I it, I've seen it twice now, and I just it's not one that I can just get into. Um, I'm, I'm going to say I, I give it a I give it a six out of ten because you yeah. know the parts that I, I I think are good I think are really good, mm-hmm. but some of the other stuff is just too much so it ends up being pretty average for me. I I um I think one of the reasons that I I liked it I I didn't just to me it wasn't just a typical spaghetti western and it was well, it, it wasn't just, at all and i'll definitely it give it was I'll definitely totally not it was it was so different than what i expected it to be and where it went and how it got there and everything it was just so different and that's why i think i liked it um so much yeah and i said this before in another show um i know i really like a movie when um as soon as it's done i want to start it over and watch it again wow and and um, we off the air we talked. Um, there was a little mishap in getting this movie because I'm stupid. And, well, <laughs> not not because I'm stupid. One, number one, um, I forgot that there was a holiday uh, on Monday, so I thought you know Netflix will have plenty of time. Well, there was a holiday, so the mail didn't run. Then after the fact, I realized I was stupid because they didn't even send me out anything until right today before we started the show, and I had put down the wrong fucking movie, so I wouldn't have gotten it anyway. But I literally watched this movie probably about an hour before we started recording, and I would have – and I'll watch it again. I might watch it you know, either tonight or tomorrow again. I would rate this movie – 
I was going to say a nine. <laughs> Honest to God. But the only thing that... I don't think Testy is a great actor. Mm-hmm. He was good. And I didn't have any real problem with him other than, you know, like I said, I, I don't think that he... He was he was good. He was competent, and uh, but it, they could if they could have had if they would have had somebody like I don't know like like maybe like Franco Nero, or somebody like that. That I don't I think his charisma is he's a lot more looks now. Yeah. But I, I yeah, but, yeah. you know like I said he did you know when he was showing emotion towards the girl and towards the baby and everything. I mean it wasn't like Stone Cold standing there and you know, there's nothing. I mean he did. But I would say I'm telling you what, dude. I would give it eight point seven five. Wow. I'll take just a little bit off because of because of of the of his acting there a little bit. But man, I loved this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it. I was I was like, fuck. I, why why haven't I seen this? I really thought it was great. We're gonna have to throw some more Fulci at, at you and bring you back down. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Don't bring me down. <laughs> awesome. Bruce. All right. So uh, we got a, a, an 8.75 and a 6 for, for the apocalypse. Let's take another break, and let's come back and review Exiled, which last week I was unsure if the gentleman had done. I looked it up today. It was, like, it was actually episode 6 or so. So it's been almost three years since the gentleman covered it, and we're bringing it back. So, yeah, Johnny yeah. Toe's Exiled from 2006. We'll do it right after the break. Are you still looking for that special someone? Have other dating websites let you down? Hi, I'm Craig Fritz Rualdo, host of LoveFinder.com, telling you to listen to ShowShow at ShowShow.Podomatic.com. Too many websites all in one sentence? You betcha. But ShowShow is a podcast about movies for people like you who don't know what love is. Listen to ShowShow every week at ShowShow.Podomatic.com or search ShowShow, all one word, in the iTunes store. Ahoy, mateys. This is K.A.B., Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The Smooth Sound, Fabulous 
thought it would work. Nice. The um, and I was thinking during the uh, the Paris Cinema promo there, the um, I th- my, my obsession with tits must have started from watching Adrian Barbeau and Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I recall that v- vividly. Well, I I can one up you on that because. I first saw Adrian Barbeau on the TV show Maud, and uh, <laughs> she played Maud's daughter. And she had uh, uh, she was known for having a she was really young, I mean maybe like nineteen twenty years old, had a great rack. And uh, she put out a you know you had the Farrah Fawcett poster mm-hmm. uh, with the nipples from the Charlie's Angels. You know that was the big poster. Uh, before that poster, the big poster was Adrian Barbeau. It's a um, it's a poster from like uh, waist up, and she has like a bustier on, and uh, yeah, that was a poster that launched a million uh, erections uh, <laughs> for uh, many a twelve-year-old zom. Zom. Boing boing boing. Is that the? Is she wearing like a purple kind of? Uh... Yeah, it's kind of purplish. Yeah, and has her hair kind of pinned up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But she had. She she was she was a good-looking good-looking broad. Good-looking broad. All right, so we're going to review Johnny Toes Exiled from 2006. Um, this is, uh, I, I saw, this is the second time I've seen this as well. Um, it's, uh, Johnny Toe is a, um, he's a member of the, I guess, the resurgence in a way of Hong Kong action. Um, he, I guess he's a contemporary of John Woo. John Woo was doing his thing a little before, but um, uh, Johnny Toe really hit his stride, I guess, late 90s and early 2000s, and the guy has been outputting, fucking producing, directing, and lots of, lots of things since then. Um, this uh, was right around the time he was doing the election movies, which are also fantastic, um, and... Um, yeah, so anything, I'd say anything I'd recommend of his after 2000 or so. I'm not f- super familiar with his stuff before that, but... Um, so, as I said, this movie's from 2006. Um, the, um, sorry, the, uh, it's a pretty basic premise. Um, I'll read the synopsis here. The, it says, a friendship is formed between an ex-gangster and two groups of hitmen who want to protect him and those who were sent to kill him. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, there's a lot of like, I guess, I guess a way to say it, there's a, there's like a, a couple of different groups of people coming together to assassinate a guy. They decide not to because they're, they are all buddies. I'm not really giving anything away there. It's, it's, it's laid out very early in the film. Uh, because of this decision of theirs not to kill their friend, they kind of have to go into hiding from fucking crazy boss fay Simon Yam. Mm-hmm. That that is their their exile. So um, that said, Zom, I hope you liked it. What did you think? Um, I loved it. <laughs> I did. Another short review. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, short review. Um, another. I thought, you know, this really matched up. At first we were we were talking about, you know, trying to have a movie about people that were kind of like on the run mm-hmm. that were 
quote unquote exiled uh, or on the run from either the good guys or other bad guys or whatever. But I told Loaf, I said, I think that both these movies, uh, one of the major themes through these movies was redemption. Um, I, I think now I may be wrong because, you know, I, I, this was another one where, you know, it was, of course I, I watched goddamn 18 freaking movies this week and waited till the last <laughs> second to watch the two we were going to review. And, um, I thought that, uh, the two, that, that the, the two guys, um, you know, fatty and, um, Oh, what the, 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 fat and cat and, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, F- uh, Fatty and Blaze, that was the older guy with the glasses. I thought they were coming to kill Woe. Right. And the other two guys, Cat and, um, oh my gosh. Yeah, the, the, is it Tay or Ty? Ty. Ty. Cat and Ty were coming to like either to protect him or save him. Right. But they all four were, well, all five of them were friends from when they were young. Right. So, yeah, the, um, apparently, the, 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 I wrote this in my notes. Uh, this is, if I, if I had to nitpick, complain about anything in this film, mm-hmm. it is that the setup at the beginning, how the story is established is very vague. Yeah, it's a little vague. It's, it's very hard to understand who is who. Right. There's a there's a funny bit with a cop. But yeah, throughout um, the whole thing. Yeah. Right. It's not even clear at first that he's even a cop mm-hmm. because of the of a certain phone call he makes. Right. Um, you you learn some more things as time goes on, but it's still it still is a little confusing. The relationship these yeah. guys have. Um, because well, at first, well, until. Um, there's a, a few different things with pictures mm-hmm. and that, you know, when, when you, it's, it's kind of vague, but then when you, when you actually see this picture of them, when they were, were all kids together, like young, yeah. not like little kids, but you know, young, you knew that they were all buddies or whatever. Uh, because at first you thought, okay, I thought, is this like a, just a mutual respect thing? Because they were coming to kill, and then all of a sudden, everybody's just kind of like, "Okay, fuck it. Let's let's just do this for a while, and we'll 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 kind of you know sit around and and uh, eat, drink, and be merry." And you know, <laughs> like, "Okay, now what the fuck? Why are these guys? They we're all gonna kill each other a minute ago." But then it kind of you know they kind of hash that out. Um, and I got, I, it has to be said, they're not there to kill this guy because they necessarily want to. Right, it's they, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's their job. Yeah, and and uh, this movie, um, you see, you you have a lot of uh, almost like a samurai, uh, like almost like Bush, Bushido, or um, uh, where where you're loyal to your master, mm-hmm. uh, and like you said, even if your master says you know you have to do this and you don't want to. That's just your their code is that you have to. I saw a lot of uh, things, you know, like that with um, with respect, with uh, honor, and doing your duty, mm-hmm. and also um, a lot of um, 
almost like magnificent set well i mean seven samurai but i, I was just gonna say when i was watching it i just kept thinking magnificent seven mm-hmm. uh wild bunch kind of a thing where these guys are um on the they're either criminals or on the edge of being criminals and um they, you can tell, of course, by their skills that they are, I, you know, as taking stealing something from uh, Wolverine as we tie everything together because I reviewed Wolverine. Um, <laughs> um, the best they are at what they do, because right. all of them were just exceptional, and it was almost like uh, like old West gunfighters. Uh, there were a few scenes that were almost uh, like the. Um, scene from my name is nobody with uh where terrence hill and henry fonda were shooting each other's hats off their heads and when you go to pick it up they shoot the hat again and (laughs) go to pick it up and they shoot the hat again you saw a few scenes like that so you were seeing you know this uh you know remarkable display of of uh of uh shooting um the character of cat when I saw him, he doesn't say very much at all throughout the movie. Everybody in this movie, all the guys that are like the hero guys, mm-hmm. were just so fucking cool. I was like, fuck, these guys are fucking just so cool. Yeah. Cat, uh, I was like, I, the first thing that popped in my mind is like he was like the James Coburn character from um, Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, all these other guys are great gunfighters, you could easily have put this movie in the Old West. Easily. Definitely, and it starts off that way with, um, particularly the the soundtrack kind of lends itself to that. Yeah. It's a little, it, it, it's a little Hong Kongy feeling, if that yeah. makes sense. Like if you guys see, you've seen any of the eighties, nineties Hong Kong action movies, the mo- the the music can be a little synthy or whatever at times, and it it sounds artificial sometimes. But I thought the soundtrack really worked, and it made I it feel it. yeah, it made it feel like a western. Yeah, and um. Well, I mean that amongst other things. Each of the um, of the of the guys kind of had their own look and their own kind of you know. And I, I like I, I, first one of the first things I put down. I like the fat guy, you know, uh, <laughs> fat. <laughs> uh, because I you know you could they could have easily have just you know made everybody the generic cool guy, you mm-hmm. know everybody's everybody's cool. But you know, and he was cool too. And and only towards a certain part where they kind of you know he was kind of like uh, I guess the, this guy had play has played in like a lot of movies and uh, and has played like the the kind of chubby buffoon sidekick guy in some yep, other movies. Yep. Well, you didn't really see that that much. And then there was there were some humorous parts where they were kind of ragging him and razzing him and stuff like that. That where that kind of came out. But you um, they really did build up the um, the uh, the friendship thing. Uh, and and in some ways, you know, when we were saying how it was kind of vague at first, um, that might not be a bad thing because they did hash it out. And at first, it kind of got you. Th- it, it had you thinking, okay, what what's going on here? What who are these guys? Why are they? You know, they were going to kill each other, and now they're kind of like, you know, how is this happening all so fast? But then it explains, you know, okay, this is what's going on. Um, the uh, like I said before in the other movie, I'm a I'm a uh, big softy for babies, mm-hmm. and uh, and this is uh, the one. This is a, a, a fucking cute baby in this one. Oh, it's cute, and um, and um, you know I don't have any kids, so you know maybe that's one reason I'm kind of like that. I don't know, but um, the the scene where uh, whoa, um, he he brings his baby a little uh, like. A little thing, like a little brace, ankle bracelet, or whatever, yeah, yeah. 
that has bells on it uh and you know puts it around the baby's the baby's ankle and then you know and i and he says something to i can't remember what it was but the you know like just something like you know grow up to be uh a good person grow up to be stronger, and then he lays down beside the baby, and that just you know my heart just is like oh man that's just so sweet you know for uh, you know for this kind of a movie. Um, there was a couple of times where I thought one of the, well I'm not even gonna say that so just fucking forget I just even started that <laughs> because this is something uh, I figure there's uh, I, well I know for a fact that some of the people that I talk to a lot in our in our group haven't seen this. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, it's one of those ones where I'm telling everybody, I'm telling you right now. And I've told people before, as I was watching it, uh, yeah, find this movie and watch it. You'll really like it. Uh, I don't want to give a ton away. They had a, they had a really great villain, uh, um, which Faye. is boss. Faye. Uh, he is over the top mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, pretty, pretty cool guy. Um, I'm not, super familiar like uh, will is like a connoisseur of asian cinema mine goes as far as watching shaw brothers stuff when i was a kid and some john woo and you know akira kurosawa and maybe some stuff in between but i don't really know and and i you know i was looking up a lot of the um because at first when you're watching a you know, a movie where you're familiar with the actors, mm-hmm. it's easy to say, okay, there's Nicolas Cage, Ron Perlman, blah, 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 blah. And I wasn't familiar with any of the actors because I just hadn't seen him in anything. And uh, so when we were going to do the show, I wanted to go through and find out who each one of them, who each one was, and, uh, you know, get the name straight and everything of the characters. Because even going through it, like uh, the, the, uh, the, the one guy with the, the sunglasses, the older guy, um, I don't know if they ever said his name. It says in the in the things his name was Blaze. It, it maybe once, maybe twice. Okay. Yeah. I remembered hearing Cat, and I remembered hearing Woe, and of course the names of his wife, and this and that, and, uh, and Boss Faye, and some of the bad guys. I, th- I think was... Boss Faye may have said his name okay, once, I was like gonna on say, the phone. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, okay, I had to look him up because I didn't remember um, a lot of the guys that are in this movie, you know, you look at their filmography and everything, and a lot of them have been nominated for awards mm-hmm. in like Hong Kong and and you know, best actor, best supporting actor, or whatever, you know. And we had some male models turned, uh, and and a couple of them were actually former you know police officers and everything. So you had a you had a really cool you know, um, it, it's it's cool to find out about these actors that you that you don't have any idea who they are sure but but then look at their filmography and see that they've had a huge um filmography where they've been in like a shitload of movies um some of them like uh let's see what's his name the guy that played blaze um anthony Wong. You know, he, yeah, he he was he was anthony Wong. he was in a lot of movies uh including hard-boiled which i have seen um but um he was also there were two movies that he was in that were kind of interesting and one of them was called the untold uh, the untold story and he this is a, based on a true story and he played a serial killer who made meat buns out of his victims i think outside the cinema actually reviewed that okay and then another one that he was in was called rape by an angel number 4 rapers union 
what, okay. <laughs> with, with Wong, what it seems like is that, um, you know, most actors start off doing bit stuff. I think he kind of moved where he, for a while he was doing the, uh, now this is just me guessing by basically, cause I've not seen most of his filmography, but I, th- I think he kind of moved to the, like a bit role where he was kind of like the creepy sidekick kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Before he, by the, you know, the late nineties, he, or, you know, in the two thousands, he started being like a a lead guy and he doesn't really have like lead man looks either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but, but he, it's, um, um, and I wish Hollywood would, but but like, like I said, like cat and, and, um, um, Ty, Mm -hmm. I mean, they were good looking guys, even boss Fay. I mean, he, in, in real life, he was, he was a model. A, a, a supermodel, they said, and he was actually in Laura Croft Cradle of Life. But so they they had some good looking guys. But like like the guy who played Blaze and the guy who played Fatty and the, you know those guys, um, they had they they are not like mo- supermodel or model like good looks, but they have that Charles Bronson, uh, you know, uh, just that that, that kind of. A lot of character in their face. They look. You can see mm-hmm. the the what they've been through on their face, you know, uh, and just cool motherfuckers. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, there was a well one the the the, the girl the the uh, lady that played uh, uh, Woe's wife. Right. Um, she has a pretty big part in it and everything, and she does some things that you know. I didn't expect, but then, you know, after what happened, uh, you know, you're kind of like, yeah, I can see where she would feel this way. But I looked her up and, and uh, you know, in this movie, because they were kind of, um, they had done some, or, or Woe had done something and they kind of went on the run, I guess. And then Macau, which is where this takes place, it was, it was um, like, you know, China basically took back over Hong Kong. And I think they took over they they actually got to take back over Macau like a couple years before Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And so um they had went on the run and then when China was just getting ready, which is when this takes place, China is just getting ready to to take over um the you know control of Macau, uh they came back. And you know it's not a real good move. I don't understand why they, I, you know, why he did that. He had a little baby and everything, and he brings them back to this place. Mm-hmm. And um, but um, I looked her up, thinking that because there's a, a very good looking prostitute in this movie, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to see <laughs> who she was and see some pictures of her, and and I thought that she was. This other girl who was well, his wife, and when I looked her up, well, she's very, she's very plain in this movie, and but when you see pictures of her, she's a very attractive woman. Yeah. And like I said, the woman who the the, the woman who played the um, the uh, prostitute was very good looking too. Um, <laughs> there's some gruesome. Uh, this kind of goes to the uh, uh, four of the apocalypse. Uh, kind of ties it together. There's some gruesome, um, you know, wounds and wounds being treated mm-hmm. in this movie too. Um, I kind of, there was a few scenes where I was thinking, you know, with the gunplay, um, 
especially like where it was a big gun battle. There's a few big gun battles between several people on different factions of like almost like a John Woo movie, but I, I, but not to that extreme with the extreme slow motion. Yeah. yeah, There was some slow motion and they had some curtains flying slow motion and stuff like that. But Woo's is almost like a a ballet Mm -hmm. where it's in slow motion. But this was not quite to that extreme. Which I, I, I liked it more. For what it's worth, I prefer what Johnny Toe movies I've seen to the John Woo movies I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's they're they're a little grittier. They and they they're still they still have the melodrama, but it's mm-hmm. a lot more understated. Right, and right. I appreciate that. It, it, some of the stuff that Wu did, especially like the killer and stuff like that, mm-hmm. the parts that aren't action for me, I'm just like, oh, come on. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. With the with these movies, this one in well, this one in particular, it's a, it's it's like it's loud and like subtle and quiet at the same time. So it's like the the down moments in this are just as important. Yeah. As and I, the and I never moments. felt I never felt bored yeah. in the downtimes because, like I said, like when 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 there wasn't any action going on and these guys were just sitting around, they really build up the friendship mm-hmm. and 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 the emotions between these guys, and and a lot of it is unspoken. Yeah, but you can just tell it's like you're sitting around with a bunch of your buddies, uh, or or say you go out with. Um, five guys and they've known each other all their lives and you don't know any or you may know one of them you're sitting there and you're watching them interact and they have that special bond and a lot of it 90 percent of it when they're together is completely unspoken yeah they might be doing this and that and and having a good time but they're not sitting around hey remember when we played baseball yeah you hit that over the fence none of this doesn't, shit was even was it. ever said it's and a, they didn't need to yeah it's 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 i mean you know it's subtly acted at times, and it's definitely subtly directed at times. You know, yeah. there's scenes where they're gonna fucking the tables are gonna defy physics and doors are gonna defy physics. Mm. But you know, then they're driving in a car, and you know, they say like one line, but you know exactly what everybody in the car is feeling. Yeah. Um, actually, the, the that scene there's a there's a character who is, I'll just say a little under the weather. Yeah. Um, it's a very well lit scene. Yeah, um, yeah. Every, everybody that is fine has a nice like warm light on them as they're driving. And then this one guy is underlit with this pale light and just looks fucking haggard. And there there's frustration in the car and there's, you know, worry. And it's, it's a, it's a really, really well shot and well acted scene. And and, and that's kind of um, reflective of a lot of the stuff in the movie, you know, that there's, there's a lot of heavy moments that are kind of, intertwined with very lighthearted moments like where funny like kind of funny things happen like yeah. like uh like cat watching watching the sniper guy and like getting yeah. excited about it like woo <laughs> and they're like throwing rocks at it, shut up <laughs> and um I, and if anything I am a sucker for movies with guys that are supposed to be badasses kind of reverting to like a boyish state mm-hmm. and they're having to deal with this heavy shit all the time but then 
they start acting like kids, like like like, like picking on fat, like trying to trying to pull his rape pants him. down. <laughs> yeah, trying to trying to rape fat in the river. Or that um, was pretty funny because you the, can see guys doing you know just have just playing around and messing yeah. with it and, and, stuff, and, and like and like I was talking about Sonatine a couple weeks ago. It's another one where you know it's easy. Yakuza guys dealing with some horrific shit, and then they're like playing games and shooting fireworks at each other on the beach, and you know that's I, I'm a sucker for that kind of movie. Um. I also like that even though these guys are so skilled and they they're they're professionals. It's like almost like the movie The Professionals with Lee Marvin, Burt Lancaster, Woody Strode, and Robert Ryan. These guys are each you know they're really good mm-hmm. at what they do. Uh, but still, even though they can almost like work magic with their pistols, um, uh, Murphy's Law sometimes bites them in the ass they they like when you were saying about the cars they they had a lot of problems with vehicles you know <laughs> not starting when they should or breaking down and you know and here's these guys that are like these the coolest motherfuckers i mean these guys are so fucking cool what the what uh you know i was gonna say one of those stupid ass lines from the movie heist he's so cool that you know so and so counts them or whatever i don't know what that one of those the the the, the, the guy that's writes all the witty dialogue from glengarry glenn ross and all that shit hang on hang on yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right continue um, <laughs> um the um no not david mammoth anyway you know i was still looking i had i had to say uh, you know they're so cool they count him or whatever you know bullshit yeah Anyway, um, but here's these guys that are so fucking cool. They look cool. They dress cool. They can, you know, that you you want to be them. I mean, the whole time when you're watching Magnificent Seven, you're thinking, okay, if I was in this movie, I'd want to be Yul Brenner and so and so. You know, that'd be cool. They'd be Steve McQueen or whatever. Like you're almost like a little kid playing. I want to be this person. Those these how these guys are. But then, right in in a, in an instance. They're like, fuck, and they have to get out, and all of them have to get out and push a car to get it to start, <laughs> and then jump in, and they start to take off, and like one of them's still standing there. They left him behind, you know, just just stuff like that. It, it makes them more human, you know, yeah, yeah. even though they're, you know, like almost like Superman. Shit happens. Um, the the um, and at first I I wrote this down that um. You don't know. You knew they were friends even from the time, you know, from back when they were kids. Yeah. So they ran together. They were buddies. Um, but they went their separate ways. So I don't know if they had worked together at in this type of job as like gangsters and the, gunmen or whatever. That's what that's what it seemed to be is that there was a difference of opinion of right. what Woe did that would have Boss Fay pissed at him. Right. So I don't know if we would get into that. Boss Fay is the is Simon Yam and he's a fucking scene eater. And <laughs> he um but basically all these guys work for him in some some form or fashion. But, but Woe they, has done something that's pissed Boss Fay off. Boss Fay wants Woe dead. Right. Two basically two guys are like all right, I guess I got to do it. And then and another guy's like, wait, fuck you. Woe did what he needed to do. Yeah. Um, I just, there was a couple scenes in like a, a, a big uh, gun battle where you, they were moving like almost like a tactical unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the four or five of them leaving. Um, there's one scene where 
boss fay um it's it's you know you've seen in movies before where um say like a, a sniper uh to draw out um the other guys will wound somebody and then systematically keep you know yeah 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 trying to trying to lure somebody out and there was a scene like that and it was just like gut wrenching cuz you know you you think okay if my best friend was out there you know what he's doing and you know you know if you go out there he's just that's what he wants but here's your friend getting you know hurt really badly um like, like this, i said like like a like a full metal jacket yeah, yeah, or or even uh, Saving Private Ryan with fucking Vin Diesel. Oh yeah, you know, take this letter to my mom and tell <laughs> Paul Walker to go fuck himself. Um, <laughs> I, I did like the, um, I did like the the music. Uh, Whoa, uh, I will say this for Whoa. Okay, um, he he seemed like you know the kind of guy that had. Um, uh, a lot, you know, his principles, you know, and what his his idea of right and wrong probably got in the way mm-hmm. and got him into all this mess. But well, he was a resilient son of a bitch because he could take a fucking pounding. Uh, uh, let's see. One scene, like when you were talking about in the car with the lighting on the one guy being, you know, under the weather. Yeah. And uh, the one thing he says is, you know, home, you know. Mm-hmm. And he went in, and that that was kind of a touching thing because you know when you're in that situation, um, you're not thinking. Everything else bleeds away and fades away, and and you you're thinking about what's important to you. Uh, so I like that. Um, like I said, the wife kind of caught me off guard on a couple of occasions. The <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the they were. Um, uh, like I said, they had trouble with with their vehicles, and uh, sometimes they were afoot, and they were in a uh, rock quarry, which was really dusty and dirty, yeah. kind of a lot, lot like uh, for the apocalypse. But it also reminded me of Deadlock. I expected uh, Dump to come driving by in his big old ugly truck. God, I love uh, that fucking Mr. movie, Mr. Dump. Uh, I need to watch that again sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, the coin toss thing was kind of cool. Yeah, I liked how they kept doing. You know, uh, it was like uh, an Anton Sugar thing. Um, they, they, on a coin toss, you know, what should we do here? I mean, there were little things like what fork in the road should we take, but there were really big things and they were like, let's slip a coin. You know, we'll just yeah. leave it up to fate. Um, the, um, they added one out of the blue, they added another really cool character and it was almost, the movie was almost over. And that was the, uh, cool cop with the beret and the sniper rifle. You know, he's cool. And even Cat, like you said, we you had mentioned before, Cat was even, who was this master, like, gunman. He would have been a master samurai if it was took place in the you know, samurai, yeah. but he was like a master gunman. And he's watching this guy and going, woo, shit, you know? And <laughs> he couldn't control himself. And they're just trying to be quiet. And he's actually like, he can't even control himself. He's like, woo Um I like Cat. He was cool. Um I like when they were when they were sitting around a campfire and they were talking about what they were going to do with um their, mo- their their money or whatever and uh I can't remember how it came up but they they were like you know I guess because of mafia movies 
and stuff like that, they were like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to learn Italian. And they're doing the, you know, <laughs> thing under the chin and like, hey, yeah. And that's when they started to pull Fatty's pants down and tried to you know, kind of bum rush him, literally. Yeah, yeah. Um, the way that the movie ended, um, I'm not going to give anything away. I just put down uh, the way that it ended was there was a certain thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you when we get off the air, but I, you might know what I'm talking about. There was something that happened that I just thought was just so clever because all through the movie they were showing, um, like I said, uh, uh, when at the beginning they kind of took a photograph together. Yeah. And then... You know, when they were looking for him, they were saying, "Do you know these guys in this photograph?" And then they showed the picture of them when they were young, yep. so you knew they had been together. And there was something that happened in the end with a photograph, and I was like, "Man, that was just a really cool touch." Mm-hmm. It was just a little thing, yep. but I thought, "Man, that was really fucking cool." And and um, and the last thing I wrote was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, dude. Yeah, the um, I don't have a I don't have a lot to add there. I mean, this is um. I said that was the second time. This actually might be the third time I've seen this. Uh, this was the first Johnny Toe movie I saw, and I've seen it. Got it got me hooked. Um, the um, you're you you're you'd really like uh, Triad or Triangle, whatever it's called. The you, you, I think you'd really like that one. Simon Yem's back in that one too. Well, they said that there was one that was supposed to. It, it's it's sort of a. This one was sort of a prequel to one, but it has all the same people in it, but they're not named the same. It's it's like one of those ones that's either a prequel or a sequel. Only in it would be like okay, Magnificent or um, I'm sorry, uh, for a few dollars more. Well, then uh, you had uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Right. But they weren't the same characters, but they were kind of saying it was sort of like a prequel or a sequel, mm. even though all the characters had different names. They were all the same people. I wonder if it's um, Vengeance, the the one with the French guy in it. The, um, it might have been. Johnny, what was his name? I kept, th- uh, I'll have to look. What, but Anthony know, Wong's in that, still wears the round shades and fat is in it. And they all sit around and eat. I mean, it's it's a kind of a similar movie. I, I like. Vengeance that's probably it. That's probably it. I just read about that this morning. Yeah. Uh, so or last night actually, but uh, um, it wouldn't be the mission, would it? There's a there's a lot of really. There's a lot. Okay. Like, well, like you said, after I, I this is the only Johnny Toe movie I've ever seen. I've heard Will talk about him so much, and um, and now that I've seen this. I will fucking watch just about everything this guy does yeah. because I, I like this. I, I just thought, man, what a cool movie. Um, I almost made a sexist comment. <laughs> I, was, I, I looked down and not, and not like, you know, a big totes or anything like that, which we do. I do anyway. Um, but it's, you know, appreciation of the woman's spirit, body and soul. When I say about <laughs> big knockers and stuff like that. No, what I was going to say is I don't know if women would like, this movie, yeah, I could see that. I mean, because it's, uh, I mean, women in general. I know, I know some, women in our I, circles would because they're cool as shit. Yeah, but I mean, like the the kind of um, camaraderie and stuff that t- that's touched on in this film is not something you typically see in a feminine centered. A Kate story. Hudson movie, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> no. yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's like. 
this uh, bond that guys have, be they be they brothers or longtime friends or whatever, it's just a different kind of you know being in the trenches kind of friendship as opposed mm-hmm. to like emotionally bonding kind of friendship right. that a woman might you know be more prone to appreciate. But like I said, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's a sexist thing or not because I, you know I was talking to so, you know, this is somebody outside of our circle. I was talking to a girl I went to high school with and. Uh, you know, one day, and she was like, "Man, anything with uh, action and explosions in it, I'm there." You know, <laughs> and like I said, all all our, you know, I I say all our girls, and I say that as a term of endearment because you know, um, all of them, all of them, all, all of them, gals out there, you know, I love y'all, baby. And when death day comes out, you know, I'm showing the love. Um, I know they will like it, and I will recommend it. Um, it was better than Hobo with a Shotgun. <laughs> I, 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 I say that in jest, but it was really good. Cool. Watch this movie. The, Find um, it. The, uh, it's, it's, it's very, very well shot throughout. Um, I know, I think uh, Will has said that this isn't his favorite. It's, it might still be my favorite, Johnny Toad. Now that I've seen more, it's hard to say. But um, I love the way he just shoots. One, the way, one thing, I love the way he shoots action, but I just love the way... He shoots in general. Um, there, it, it even starts. There's uh, awesome like tracking and crane shots. Which this this scene at the beginning does not need the tra- the the crane shots like like he puts in there. But yeah. it just it, it makes it feel really slick right off the bat. And I fucking wanted a cigar so bad after the beginning. Oh my <laughs> the beginning god! Scene. <laughs> there was three times when we were doing this when we were doing this review where I started to say I wanted a fucking cigar <laughs> so bad. Yes. You know, at the beginning, I was like, "Man, I'd like to have a big stogie." You know? Yeah, the um, the slow motion that that Toe does is um, it's not super slow motion, but right. it has a point. Um, I mean, there's this like when I was saying before, like a door defying gravity or def- defying physics. It's that that kind of thing. So you can his slow motion is, I guess, partly style, but it's partly so kind of you can see exactly what's going on. I liked it. I just, like I said, I, compared to John Woo, I liked it so much better because it wasn't that super slow mode. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can, I know, I appreciate why, you know, him doing it. And he was kind of an innovator with the like ballet, like gun battles and right. stuff in slow motion. But I like this just so much better because it's not super slow. You still, things are, things are happening fast and furious, even though it's slowed down a little bit, yeah. you know. The, um, uh, the, the, the violence in it is, uh, it it, it it has a little more gravity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when somebody gets shot, there's like just fucking red mist that explodes, yeah. and um, it, there's not many misses in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of gunfire, but you know, like in a, in, in a Wu movie, there's bullets flying everywhere. In this one, it's like it, when somebody shoots, they're probably going to shoot something. Yeah. Um, some part. Yeah, you're going to see some red mist or something. Um, you know, bullets and- are a, a lot more real in this one. And no matter how how tough you are, um, if you get shot in the cock, the balls, or even close, <laughs> it will make. And I I I think that that was pretty realistic. It will make you act um, like you will kind of lose your shit a little bit. Or if your dog stomps you in the balls. Fuck. <laughs> how about we forgot one thing? We forgot. For, and you know, I hate to backtrack. Uh, going to four for the apocalypse. Uh-huh. Goddamn Chaco stomping on fucking <laughs> oh, stuff. Yeah. Hard on. 
twice. He he's not only ste he stepped on it and then he ground his like foot into it. Then he kind of backed off and then he came back over and stomped on his and you know, I'm I it's like fuck, man. Maybe maybe just, our theme this week could be uh, uh pelvic trauma. Pelvic trauma. Yes. <laughs> we have many themes. But this movie, um, if I had to describe it in one word, cool. It was yeah, just cool. definitely the um, uh, there's a there's a little character that uh, I liked a lot. This guy Jeff. Um, it's a it's a weird name for a guy from uh, Hong Kong or China or whatever to have. But his name's Jeff, and I guess it's his hotel that they kind of like get their jobs from. Yeah, he was weird. Uh, he 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 apparently like, I love when they when especially side characters are giving given very quirky qualities. Mm -hmm. um, apparently he smelled bad because cat was like, was trying to like, Oh, he was almost gagging when Jeff was in his face. Yeah. And, and if you've ever, if you've ever had a friend mm -hmm. or somebody that had like halitosis, <laughs> okay. Honest to God, I've known like a couple of guys that oh. had like uh, it, you know, halitosis, I guess a medical condition and they don't, you know, you think a bad breath. They don't have bad breath. Their breath smells like, like shit. Like yeah, like shit breath. Like cat it, eating out of the cat box. It literally smells like poop, uh, because the, the 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 I don't know if it's the acids or whatever in their stomach kind of come up and it it gets that like almost like a bowel like smell mm -hmm. through their mouth, like a hippo <laughs> farting in its mouth through its mouth. Okay, now. We're getting off track here, but I have to add this because this is a little little Zom thing, which will help you understand why I am the way I am. I met a girl one time in a bar, and she was so cute, and she was so nice, and she liked me. I mean, she was like – I, she was kind of pursuing me, coming up to me. I was like working the door and everything, and she was like, hey, how are you? That I'm talking to and I thought, man, this is great. This girl is so good look. I mean, she's not super good, but I mean, you know, she was just really cute, had a nice figure and everything. And so um, I think we went out to the dance floor or something, and I went to give her, uh, like, uh, we started to kiss. And oh my God, I literally, <laughs> while my mouth was against her mouth, I gagged. I was like fighting not to gag. Like when you get the bullfrog throat, where your throat kind of gets real fat because you're going like, <laughs> and I didn't want to insult her, but I mean, I, it, it was, and I uh, felt, so, but this is how, how weird I am. I felt like so sorry for her. I felt really bad, <laughs> but I had to get the fuck out of there. I t I'll tell you, I'll tell you what that is. She kept that figure by throwing up. Maybe that, because that I'm will make you a woman's breath smell like shit. There, I've, I've known so many like, and I doubt it's the same for dudes because usually the dudes with shitty breath don't have aren't ripped. But <laughs> yeah, the, uh, it's w they're usually the guys that are like alcoholics or whatever. Yeah. But um, you know, a chick with like uh, you know, super she's super skinny and when she probably shouldn't be. Yeah, that's where the shit breath comes from. Well, and 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 uh, I think I made like an excuse. I said, well, you know, hey, I gotta go. Blah 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 blah. And I and I um. I just needed to get out of there because I was like, I got to extract myself <laughs> from this situation because I don't want to hurt this girl. And I really feel bad, but I just can't, I can't do this, you know? And I, I left, but then I stood outside and, and was talking to my, like the, <laughs> my buddies that were bouncers and stuff. And we all just stood out on the sidewalk in the summer and we just stand out there and bullshit. And I was out there for like 
probably an hour or more after I left and she came out and saw me and went back in. I thought, man, I feel like shit. Because like I said, even though, I mean, you know, some people can't help that, but it's really, but that guy now getting back on track, (laughs) the train is going right back around. It's a Lionel train. I got the, uh, the, uh, thing going and I'm bringing it right back around. Um, something about these people, (laughs) <laughs> and I think it's because they don't realize that they have stank breath. Yeah. He can, when he would be talking to each one of them, he'd get as close as possible. That, that's like, what whisper. that's what I really liked about him. But because whenever he was talking, he was Mister Serious, and he would get yeah. right in their face and say, "Listen, I got this job." But this, they, he this didn't realize that he fucking stunk. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. He, like, this sleazy guy, little skinny mustache, black leather jacket, and then so he was all like, you know, he'd creep around the room and get in their faces and whisper. But then like he would run between two rooms, and like he was like scurrying like a rat. He was like, yeah. like, eh, like <laughs> I thought that was really cool. He I like, was I, I thought that was, a, yeah, really I strange. thought that was neat. Um, it was, he was almost kind of like a John Waters, an Asian John Waters <laughs> or something with stank breath. Um, <laughs> There was a one character um, who their profession, you know, uh, no, I don't think anybody would want to be in the profession, but somebody who, okay, if that guy's breath smelled like shit, this mm-hmm. person fell into shit all the time because <laughs> it was like anytime something happened and there would be like some money laying around, it's talking about scurrying around, picking up like, uh, you know, big drawers full of uh, cash and yeah. and, and uh, other things. And I thought that was pretty cool because it was just kind of like right place, right time, every time. And that and, and ended up being a, one of the people that kind of made out, you know. So the uh, the um, as I was saying, the you know the I, I really like the the contrast in the film between loud moments and quiet moments. It's like you know the fucking loud guns, but you know there's there's not a lot of dialogue in the movie, um, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really need it um, because a lot of What's done as far as the characters being developed is interactions with each other, um, or you know, just looks on their faces, or you know, their body language after the gravity of a moment, or their mm. you know, them having a good time with each other. Um, the um, you know, like Anthony Wong is kind of like the main like protagonist, I guess, and mm. he's. He's like the strong, silent type in the movie, and and like I was saying, Anthony Wong is not—he doesn't really look like a tough guy. And I fucking hate round sunglasses, but he pulls off the round sunglasses oh, yeah. like uh, trench coat look pretty fucking good. And this is—you and- know—this isn't like an old old movie. This is only five years old, and that look is definitely dated. But you know. he could have been like almost like a, an Asian. Mike Hammer or something like mm-hmm. that with the trench coat and everything. And the one th- one thing I liked about him, now a, a lot of them were like this, but he was sp- especially like this. There would be a gun battle, and he just stood right there and just like right out in the open, and and he didn't flinch, he didn't waver, and it was just a motionless face, like he was just as honey badger cool, uh, as. Yeah, honey badger. Don't he give honey a badgered shit. that shit. He don't fucking care. He don't give a shit. Um, he didn't give a shit, and he didn't because I don't know if it was because um, he accepted almost like a samurai. Mm-hmm. You know, accept. You know that you're you're dead. You're you you're dead from the day you were born. So don't fear death. Yeah. Or, or he thought, you know, okay, I'm going to get what I deserve. This is what I do. I'm just going to stand here, and if something happens, it happens. If it doesn't, but he would just like. Just straight face, and I just thought, man, just cool as a cucumber, like ice, yep. ice cold. 
And then the and, you know that's totally contrasted by Simon Yam as Boss Fay, who's just yeah. fucking screaming from moments of, from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, anytime he's on the screen, he's just like insanity. And, he was um, great. I, I appreciated that that contrast a lot too because they're kind of like the res- you know I guess I guess Boss Fay is the main antagonist, mm-hmm. and um, it's it, it's just it was it was it was really good. So um, I, I could keep going on, but uh, the um, this is this one's definitely definitely like Zama Zom was saying one to one to check out and and honestly I think it's a good it's a good primer to Johnny Toe kind of films there's there's other ones that are more I guess formulaic as far as like Hong Kong action goes that might be a better example of what Johnny Toe is going to bring to the table this one's has a slightly different feel than the standard Hong Kong actioner mm-hmm. uh. But it was being the first one that I saw. It definitely brought me back, so I could definitely recommend it to anybody that was not familiar with his work. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, let's uh, go ahead and uh, you can give your score. Um, I'm saying, you know, like I said, I've said many times before, a ten is hard to give anything. But I would, I would, uh, just for the coolness and my, you know, sheer enjoyment of watching it and everything. Um, I, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I give it a nine. Awesome. I really liked it. I mean, I, this was another one. As soon as I was done, I want to start it over and watch it again. Very nice. Yeah, and that, I wanted to buy and get online and buy it. I, I, I do, I do own this one. This is one of three Johnny Toe movies that I, I, mm-hmm. I bought after seeing, um, I, um, as I was, like I was saying earlier, the, I wish the I wish the relationship between them was just I don't want it to be heavy handed, but I just wish mm. it was just explored just a tiny bit further. A little bit more, yeah. And um there's a definite part in the movie where the story kind of shifts just a little bit. Um it's it's after they after their exile. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like and I don't I don't know how I'm not the director, so it's not my job, but I feel like it could have been a little smoother. If that makes any sense, uh, no. like I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Like seriously, you don't want to give it away, but you know, right? It's it's, it's almost like two separate stories, and they kind of stumble into the second half. And it's it's a nice it's a it's a nice like the fate thing is is nice, but yeah. I, I I wish they had a little more control over what happened, if that makes sense, like. It's hard to it's hard to verbalize without giving away things, but yeah. the the part after they they are after we realize they're kind of like having to hide out out in the wilderness, mm-hmm. the ultimate resolution before like what hap- that little bit of story before the very end of the movie feels like it stood it it, it stands out a little bit, and it, I wish it just flowed a little bit better than it did. I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but that said. These those are very 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 nitpicky little things. Um, I give this movie. Um, I probably would have said nine the first time. I, I I'd say eight point seven five out of ten for me. Um, I, I love it. Um, and I plan on definitely watching it again. So, yeah. Very good. Very good. That is our review of Exiled. Great. Yeah, great choice too. Uh, I'm glad that you brought this. Cool. I, this is one of the, this is one of those movies that. Um, I'm not sure I would have ever watched, 
because I don't know why I, I like I said, I've heard Will say Johnny Toe, Johnny Toe, Johnny Toe, and I, I don't know why. It, it may be like a you know because it's a movie subtitles and stuff like. That. But I will say this, and mm-hmm. this is just a little side thing I want to add here. I find myself like I, I liking watching uh, like foreign movies that have subtitles a lot more than regular movies now because my attention span is on the screen. Yeah. Whereas if I can hear it and I can hear James Coburn or somebody talking, Ross Steiger, whoever, I can get on the computer and still listen and hear what's going on. Yep. I can I can sit there and eat and I don't have to look up. But if I am watching a movie like this, I can't that's one thing like when I come home in the morning I always want to get something be that has subtitles it's hard because you're you're trying to look up and read while you're eating it's 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 really hard but when you sit down and watch a movie like this um it keeps your attention because mm-hmm. you have to have your attention on there you can't get lazy with it and say oh I'm going to go in the other room I can still hear it you know and it's really it's and but you know hey maybe if it's a movie that sucks it's still not going <laughs> to keep your attention but this right, one was right. fucking good but the, but with this podcast um there's going to be times where we're going to have people say, "Hey, you know, could you, you know, would you like to?" Re-? Or even Loaf saying, "Hey, let's review this movie," and it's not something I pick. And um, there's times where it might, I might be like, "Jesus, fuck," you know, <laughs> even after I watch it. But there's times like this where I'm like, "Man, that's I, I'm glad that we're doing this because I got to watch a really cool movie that yeah. I don't think I would ever watch." Cool, awesome. Well, there we have it. Eight point seven five. Nine exiled. We will be right back with a little bit of feedback and wrap things up. We'll be right back. Hello there, ladies and good gentlemen. I'm here to talk to you about something very important today. That's outside the cinema. I know a lot of you listening now enjoy the film world. Boy, Outside the Cinema covers all kinds of good films. If you're looking for the classics, perhaps you're looking for a good old Nazi film where the Nazis torture and rape everyone in sight. Or giant monsters crawl from the sea. Or perhaps an Italian film where Edward's finish takes her clothes off for no apparent reason. Or uh, renegade bikers just do whatever they damn well please. Perhaps even occasionally turn into a werewolf. Then Outside the Cinema is your place to go. That's www.outsidethecinema.com. Outside the Cinema, your source for cult movie discussion. Back with a little screaming trees. 
I like that. Very good. Um, little grunge band that never quite got the same level of success as some of the others. So. Song's called Grey Diamond Desert. Nice. All right. Um, so this is probably something we should have mentioned earlier. <laughs> but uh, we um, we mentioned this on the Facebook group. We wanted to start doing a little monthly contest. Um, probably change it up, but for right now, what we're going to do is just ask a, a question about a movie we covered in that particular show. And... Um, Probably get more than one answer. These aren't going to be impossible questions, but you probably will have need to see, need to see the movie we're referring to to uh, answer it. And um, what we'll do is, uh, whenever whenever if we get more than one answer, we'll just have a what we'd like to call a battle royal, a battle royale, if you will, with cheese. And um, <laughs> the last man standing will uh, be the winner or woman, if that is the case. Uh, so Zom, I'll let you talk about this month's uh, little contest. Okay. Um, often on the Silver and Gold um, group on Facebook, um, it's been brought up. What does a Silver and Gold mine produce? So what we did, um, Loaf and I actually went down into the Silver and Gold mine at our own peril because the moloids down there, those fuckers bite. And I mean, they nip, they nip like right at your, like at your nuts and your heels and stuff, like where you're very vulnerable because they're not real tall. Got to have a talk with the mole man about that. We'll get them straightened out. But I mean, you know, hey, they're there. They're there. They're just a part of it. What can you do? So anyway, um, we wanted to find out what a silver and gold mine produces. And this month, the silver and gold mine is producing a 27 by 40 inch um, movie poster of the Johnny Toe 2006 movie Exiled, which we uh, reviewed on this podcast. Like two um, minutes ago. Yeah, like like uh, <laughs> yeah, two minutes ago. If you know how much time that we actually spent in between each segment, you know, we've been doing this podcast now for about, uh, I'd say, a week. Yeah, I mean, maybe even a week and a half. I mean, I a haven't week eaten and a half. in days. Ugh. Right. You know, I'm I, I'm getting halitosis because I didn't even have to stick my finger down my throat. Anyway, <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is we're going to ask a question, and you can send your answer in to silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and... Um, the question is, and it's like I said, it's not going to be a hard one. Uh, the question is, in the Johnny Toad 2006 movie Exiled, how much gold were they expecting to find? And I'll repeat it one more time because this is like almost like a game show. Gene, Gene Rayburn and uh, Fanny Flagg, Richard Dawson, and Charles Nelson Riley. Um, <laughs> how much gold in the... 2006 Johnny Toe movie Exiled, how much gold were they expecting to find? And again, send your answers to silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. And this is a really cool poster. Uh, I actually posted a picture of the poster that you will be getting uh, on the on my Facebook page and on the Silva and Gold podcast page on Facebook. Great. So uh, send in your answers, and um, like I said, if we if we do get more than one answer, we're going to throw you all in a pit, 
and make you fight it out. And uh, whoever comes out the winner will get this poster. Awesome. All right. Uh, so we're going to get into a little bit of feedback. We got a couple this week. Um, we got an email and a voicemail. Um, Zombie, do you, you want to read? Go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll let you. Re- I'll, I'll let you read the email, and then I'll play the voicemail. How about that? Okay. All right. Well, we did get an email, uh, and this email is from Terry. I, not sure if he's part of our group or, you know, listens or whatever. Uh, Terry from Amarillo, Texas, and it says, Dusty sucks eggs. Hmm. And, okay. <laughs> That's it. And uh, he sent a picture uh, along with this, so I guess we will we will be, we. I will post the photo on uh, the Silva and Gold podcast page. Dusty sucks eggs. Wow, Dusty sucks eggs. All right. Um, and speaking of sucking eggs, I'm just now getting caught with my pants down. I should have taken this opportunity to load up the voicemail, but no, I had to listen to Dusty sucking eggs. So I wonder what that would sound like. I hey, take baby. baby. I, don't know how much, I don't know how much Dusty sucking eggs, baby, but you're coming down sending an email like this and something's got to give daddy and when something gives with the dust the rolls baby i'm gonna lay the smack down i'm gonna make your knees freeze and your liver quiver <laughs> all but right if you will if you will baby all right so uh we got a little voicemail to play here this is from um the voice you hear every week at the beginning of our show mr reverend scott hey there loaf and zom this is Reverend Scott. I just finished listening to Silver and Gold episode three. I could have sworn I've heard four episodes, though. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm terrible at math. However, something I am good at, though, liking the podcast so far. I mean, from the moment the podcast starts, I hear that intro and it pulls me right in. You guys are only a few episodes in and already sound mad professional, especially because of that killer intro. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is I love the intro and the <laughs> podcast. You guys have me fucking rolling with your No Holds Barred review. With all the fashion sense of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but a noodle twice as large, the mental image of Hulk Hogan lifted me up to a higher plane of happiness. Just the thought of him bending over on purpose to... Listen here, brother. No woman can possibly resist Hulkamaniac Hulk Hogan himself as he wears spandex, brother. It's just not possible, brother. And I'll tell you this right now, Silva and Gold. The Hulksters never heard of your tag team, brother. But you can bet your small baby-sized heads you can't handle the Hulksters' massive leg drop. What you gonna do when the Hulksters' spandex and watermelon head go wild on you? Ugh. Listen, guys, I gotta go. Hulk had me in a figure four leg lock the whole time, and I think I might have a, a, con- a cush. Keep up the good work. Peace and love, guys. All right. Scott? That is, a, that is an, uh, it's the, the intro is, I like it. It's, it's all right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Really? I, I, um, what is that the part where Michael Hayes is singing? He's talking about. Yeah, I think he wrote that song. Yeah, I think he wrote yeah. that. Yeah, so. Brother, brother. So, that is the big show. Not not as big this week. That's what she well, said. Well, it's the big show. I really like that guy. It's a big bad show tonight. As a as a as a wrestler, not so much, but as a guy, seems pretty pretty cool. We're talking about Paul White, 
ladies Chica. and gentlemen. The big Her, show. A woman. Although the uh, I really liked when he, when he was introed and they were trying to uh, back in WCW days WCW and they tried to make him um, Andre's son. Andre's son. And, <laughs> oh God! What were they fucking thinking? Son of a bitch. That son of a bitch. That motherfucker is not Andre's son. <laughs> motherfucker. You son of. How about if fucking Joe Don Baker? He's like, would be like Andre's son. Probably more like Andre's father. <laughs> yes. Uh, Andre. I'm telling you what. If Hulk Hogan was the power bottom to Brutus Beefcake's jackhammer. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine Andre what position that he would hold in the hierarchy of uh, butt love. That dude fucking only stood in the back of doggy style. There was no other position he could take. <laughs> he was just wearing it out from the back. There's no other position for Andre. I bet you he could put a hurt on King Kong Bundy's tight butt. Just imagine him just fucking reaching up. He's grabbing King Kong Bundy's singlet with one hand. He's got a fucking like 80 ounce <laughs> beer mug in the other hand just <laughs> sloshing all down his chest. Jesus. <laughs> you know uh, what? I think we should have quit after the fucking voice. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's it. And um, uh, next week we're going to do a little royalty double feature. Although I don't think either film has anything to do with royalty, but uh, we're covering 1978's uh, Frank Pearson film King of the Gypsies, starring a Sterling, ha Sterling Hayden and a Susan Sarandon and a Judd Hirsch and a Mr. Eric Roberts. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Brooke Shields is in it. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we're going to also cover, sorry, that was 1978's King of the Gypsies. I kind of walked all over that. And uh, 1981's King of the Mountain. With uh, Harry Hamlin and Joseph Power Bottoms, <laughs> and oh, and Dennis Hopper, craziest, craziest <laughs> fucking Dennis Hopper. So yeah, it'll be a little fun late seventies, early eighties yeah. double up there. So next um, week we're gonna do a little dance. We might even make a little love and, and get down tonight. Get down tonight. <laughs> How about I'll sing that, but not fucking uh, Go ahead, Dark Side. No, can't do it. Do a little dance. Make a little love. Get down tonight. <laughs> See, there you go. You're into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, we love feedback, um, especially from Terry and uh, Horace uh, and Reverend Scott and all you guys. Um, send us feedback. Uh, our voicemail line is 206-339-1600. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you can email us at silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Send us, hey, send us recommendations on what you might, guys might like us, like us to cover, uh, any maybe uh, themes you'd like to like us to visit, anything like that. Uh, we got a Facebook group that I just can't figure out how to fucking change the name of, so it's a long fucking number, but just look up Silva and Gold. And we're on iTunes. Uh, Oh, and silvaandgold.com. So you can listen to us, silvaandgold.com. Uh, check us out on iTunes, and um, maybe we'll get a review on there eventually. And, uh, yeah. So, Zom, you got anything else? I'd just like to add, look, motherfucker, clean my shoe. Excellent. We will see you guys next week. This is Loaf Oot. Zom Oot.